Hey guys, brand new podcast. <laughs> this is going to be a little touch and go right here because the bee man's been drinking. Oh, oh, fun and games for everybody. Wait, don't you find fun in that? Sort of. When I get drunk, what what does that make you feel like? Um, left out. Really? <laughs> no. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. When you get drunk, I love it. I know you love it because I've finally joined your team. Uh, you know what I love more than anything is when you get when you pour a glass of wine and I'm not drinking. I love when you pour a glass of wine and I'm not drinking. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you yawning? No, I'm not yawning. You're definitely you're definitely it's yawning. Ten o'clock at night. My bedtime's ten o'clock. I just got done this podcast tonight. I think you're going to love it. It's a really passionate podcast. It's uh, with a friend of mine. I've known him for 18 years. Um, I won't say his name until the end. We already know who the fuck it is. It's Godfrey. Yeah, um, I was Godfrey. Say, yeah, isn't it in the yeah? Like, it's in the bio. Ah, oh, gee. But uh, but it was a great podcast. So we had a few cocktails. I had a few cocktails. Then we did a documentary for Shane Moss. It's got a documentary coming out on psychedelics, and I've done psychedelics. I'm embarrassed to say I've done psychedelics. Why? Because I don't know. I'm just embarrassed that my girls are here that one day and go, "Oh, that's cool to do. Dad did it." You know. Do you think they're ever really going to listen to your podcast? <laughs> no, not my podcast. They're definitely listening to my podcast. You think so? Will they listen to Shane Moss's documentary? Maybe not. Maybe I don't not. know. Maybe I don't not. know. Maybe not. <laughs> well, they will. Uh, my, in saying that is in this intro you were saying. What's crazy is one day they're going to sit in their dorm room and someone's going to go, we should order Blue Apron. And my daughters are going to go, we, we grew up on Blue Blue Apron. They have Blue Apron for dorm rooms now? Dorm rooms? That's like microwave toaster oven, microwave toaster oven. Blue Apron, listen to us. When the guy pulled up today, we were in the front yard waiting for Godfrey to show up to do the podcast. And the guy pulls up in his van. The girls knew it was Blue Apron. And they were like, we got a new Blue Apron? And they lit up. What was our Blue Apron tonight? I was doing a podcast, obviously, so I didn't get to eat dinner with the girls. But it was a mushroom Swiss burger on challah, challah bun and it Seriously? was awesome i'm telling you right now and look this is an advertisement so you're hearing an advertisement but the truth is our family loves these it's actually a very sincere not even really an advertisement i would say i talk to our friends about ordering blue apron just personally but or or having that service delivered regularly because it has really changed our mealtime it has made mealtimes more interesting and fun for everybody. It makes it easier for me. There's two meals a week I don't have to think about. I just open the fridge. Everything is prepackaged and pre-portioned. It's great. It's wonderful. Um, it's affordable. The best, part, the best part is that like my favorite part of the night is going, hey, what are we doing for dinner? And Leanne goes, we got a blue apron. I love it. I love it. It's really fun. And, it, and in a weird way, it's made the girls feel more adventurous with their eating. Eating, They're like, both of them are like, like they've, they've, they've not liked things. The, um, we did a, a kale sour cream. Was that it? It was, yes, it was I loved it. I loved it. It, it was a, was it a Moroccan dish? Uh, it no, it might've been, I don't know. It was a kale sour cream. It was, no, 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 no. It was not kale. It was, uh, collards. Collard greens and yes, sour cream. It was, and it was so greens. fucking oh good. Oh my God, it was so good. And the girls were like, 
It's not my favorite. What a stretch for my palate, but we loved it. It was oh. so good. It's been really fun. It has been really fun. And Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150 local farms, oh. fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. As a result, the seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. That's all meant so that uh, I guess you feel good about it. What what what? Oh, I'll of tell you. Of course, you feel good about. Yeah, it. but but what it, what it means to me when I buy this stuff is that, or you know, we get our two meals a, a week. Is uh, I feel good about what we order. Like I don't feel like it's super hormoned out. I don't feel like it's been caught in nets. I'm sure it's caught in nets, but like you know, you just like you feel like you're fucking eating right. Like you're not eating a bunch of negative energy. No, that's true. It it. It's all very nice. It's very nicely packaged, and it is very good quality. What meals are coming up? Meals coming up. Spinach and fresh mozzarella pizza. <sighs> That's the one we want. What were the ones we missed? Do you remember? Um, Parmesan-crusted chicken with creamy fettuccine and roasted broccoli. Is that coming up, or did we miss that? That's coming up. Okay. Baby broccoli and fontina paninis with hard-boiled egg and arugula <sighs> salad. Sweet and sour salmon with bok choy, carrot, and ginger fried rice. Dude, let me tell you something. Blue Apron, you've introduced, introduced me to bok choy in a way I've never been introduced bok choy. <laughs> but I put bok, bok choy has been in everything we've made. You're bok choyed. I'm a bok choy motherfucker. You are so bok choyed. I really do. Listen, from the bottom of my heart, I love this product. We are hardcore ride or die motherfuckers when it comes to Blue Apron. It really has changed the way we eat dinner. I hope that it enjoy it, that you can enjoy it in the way we enjoy it. You know, one thing I will say, I was thinking about this the other day. I grew up in a really small town, 1,800 yeah. people. Yeah. There was no Chinese food. There was no Mexican food. There was no ethnic food of any type, kind, flavor, nothing. You ate meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes. So I didn't have the opportunity to try a lot of different flavors. Not even so much about the food, but about the flavors of the food, you know, spices like some curries and stuff. I never even knew existed until I was well into my 20s. So the cool thing about Blue Apron for people who live maybe a little farther out from the cities is that you have an opportunity to try different types of food you would never try because it's not in your community or not close enough to your community to matter. That sounds like a new bullet point for Blue Apron. But, I mean, it is true because none of these flavors are crazy. They're just different. And, by the way, none of these flavors are places where you got to go. We're doing the longest read for Blue Apron. Is it too long? Okay, no, it's not too long, but it's, it's the truth is, we are a Blue Apron family. We're totally hardcore. I mean, really, it's not even just about the advertisement. I really, really, really love this service. Sadly, in seven weeks when these Blue Apron reads end, we will still order Blue Apron. Oh, yeah. We're not stopping. And they no. know that. And they, they it's like a hook, bait and switch. I don't think it's seven weeks, though, dude. It's, you, it's throughout this year. Stop calling me this dude. Thing. Why? I don't like that Aren't dude. you kind of the dude? Aren't you looking for no. your rug? No. No? <laughs> okay. Blue Apron is affordable, has a great variety, it's flexible, it's easy, and the it's freshness... under 10 bucks a person. That's the fucking thing you need to know. And the freshness is guaranteed, which is awesome. So check out this week's menu and get your first three... Hold on. Give what? Me this. I want to read this. Well, okay. 
Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free. With free shipping, go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. By the way, I misspelled that in a treatment I sent in to my agents today. I spelled it B-U-R-T. It's B-E-R-T. Oh, my God. Like, Dyslexia. Who fucking wrote this? Birdcast. B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. Birdcast. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. Birdcast. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. You will love how it feels, how it tastes, and you will love to create incredible home-cooked meals at home with Blue Apron. Don't wait. Go to blueapron.com slash birdcast. Blue Apron. We dig it. It's a better way to cook. I love you with all my heart. This podcast is also brought to you by Stamps.com. Let me tell you something about Stamps.com. They're someone we've been using our entire career. For six and a half years. My wife speaks better about this than I do because I don't deal with a lot of the shipping stuff. But I remember one time hearing... (laughs) Hey, wait. When was the last time you mailed something? You personally. 1984? <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. It's when was the last time you mailed something? I mean, it's been a, probably a, a, a while. It's been a while. Know. Do you know where a stamp goes on an envelope? On the top right, right-hand corner. Oh, good, good guess. Good guess. <laughs> but seriously, we've been using stamps.com for six and a half years for Bert's business. I don't go to the post office anymore because I don't need to. By the way, there's a post office... A block away from us. Just about a block. But I print our stamps out on, uh, from stamps.com using their net stamps uh, stickers. I print out all my shipping labels. And uh, they uh, stamps.com can provide you with a scale if you would need one. And it's just an amazing, amazing service. And by the way, it's not just for businesses. I think that's what a lot of people think is that they go, oh, I don't have a small business. It's it's for everyone. And it's not just for letters. You can you this is for postage. So if you're shipping internationally, international postage. If you're shipping a box to your dad in Georgia, guess what? You can print the postage on stamps.com. On stamps.com. On stamps.com. On stamps.com. We are big fans of this also because yeah. uh, it makes life so easy and convenient. And kind of brain-free, especially with the scale. All you have to do is put your package on there, and it'll do the rest for you. That's the thing that blew me away is that you didn't have to go and like start weighing shit at the post office. Nothing against the post office. I love being at the post office. (laughs) No, but you know, you used to weigh yourself, and that was a nightmare. And then you'd weigh yourself with the package and go, "Are you kidding me? This is ridiculous!" And then go in and type in the weight. (laughs) You did not do that. I did, of course. Are you serious? you weigh stuff because when you put it on the scale it doesn't weigh it oh you meant you'd weigh yourself at home yes (laughs) you weigh yourself at home and then you pick the package up and weigh yourself with the package and now you know how much the package weighs because you can do math but you don't have to do any math with stamps.com you just put it on the scale the thing i love about our advertisements is their shit we use stamps.com my wife and my sister use every single week and they are fucking Ride or die bitches. They believe in this shit. A hundred percent. It's hard to advertise something you don't believe in, right? I would think well, it would we'll be. we'll see in the upcoming weeks. Well, I mean, I don't know. But I would think it would be because this is really an invaluable 
piece of our business. And I find it invaluable in my just day-to-day life. So, right now, use Bert's name. Give me this. Oh God! Coffee. You just so want to be the they center the of attention. Oh to whatever! Read it. I'm so famous. Give me a second. Oh, it's out of her hands. Right now, use my name, Bert B E R T. How do you spell that again? B E R T for this special offer. A four-week trial, including postage and a g- digital scale. Why did you get a digital scale? Yes. Oh, okay. Don't wait. Go to Sam's.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio right there. Top microphone. La-ti-da. Let's start that read over. Let's do that. Don't wait. Go to Sam's.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bert B E R T. Do I sound drunk? Yeah, uh, you sound like you need to articulate more. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bert. That's stamps.com. Enter Bert. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Is that better? Yeah, that's a little bit better. Let's do the read totally from top to bottom one more time. So the whole thing? Sober. Well not not the whole thing, but like I was sober. I'll do it. I'll do it sober. Can you just switch from sober to not sober and from not sober to sober? That's how we got married. No, that's right now use my name Bert to fucking (laughs) I think I think how we got married was called a bait and switch right now use my name Bert for this special offer a four week trial including postage and a digital scale don't wait go to stamps.com before doing anything else click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Bert that's stamps.com enter Bert stamps.com never go to the post office Again. Again. I love you. I love you too. I love you so much. I know you do. I love you more than Tom loves Christina. Oh, I thought you meant more than you love Tom. Oof. Almost. That's a tight. Today's podcast is brought to you by those people. Thank you very much for your sponsorship. I'm glad you guys listened to this. I'm glad you guys, uh, I'm glad you guys listen at all. Uh, today's podcast is awesome. I've known this guy for 18 years. He is one of my favorite people. He really is. I say that all the time. I think I just have a lot of favorite people. Uh, my wife, Leanne, is still sitting here with me. She met him. Yes, he was great. Yeah, he's fantastic. He brought his girlfriend with him. She sat outside. Then she rolled in halfway through the podcast. We started talking about Bernie Mac. Leanne rolled in. It's a great fucking podcast. If you're into podcasts and you dig the shit I dig in podcasts, you're going to love this podcast. Uh, Just to give you a background story, Godfrey is my guest today. He is a New York comic. He was the 7-Up guy for a couple years. He's been an actor in a million things. You saw him in Soul Plane. You saw him in so much stuff. He is really insightful. He's really smart. Both his parents, we talk about this a little bit, are are Nigerian immigrants. I think that's a political politically correct things to say, yes, right? Yes, it is, yes. Um, they were, his dad was a professor at University of Chicago, I think, ultimately, and his mom was a nurse. 
very intellectual dude, started in the comedy scene, took under the wing by Bernie Mac. We talk about that. Got into a beef with Dave Chappelle. We talk about that. Uh, it's a great podcast. You're going to love it. It's a couple hours long. Now with this read, it's a couple hours long with 15 minutes. I love you with all my heart. Today's podcast is Godfrey Danshima. This is Hey, hey, right. what's up? I think our Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Hello. Talking yours? Hello. Oh, yeah, yours is way hot. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chad's great. I just worked with him in... Uh, yeah. In Nebraska? Uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, Nebraska. Yeah. That, and they were like... Because, you know, I was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. I didn't know that. Born in Lincoln. Wait, I did know that. Uh, I was born in Nebraska. My father went to school there. Now it's called Midwestern University, but it was uh, it was Dana College. What's so funny is I was so I, I was so narcissistic as a young comic that I that I never really like you know it's like you you know people and you hear their story and part of you is like yeah 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 how does that apply to me how does that help me like not not in this but I'm just being real. You, I ho- oh you get to be real on this podcast. Yeah, this is sadly too real. <laughs> I've been so real on this podcast. Yeah, I've said things on this podcast, and the, 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 and I I think the due to this and and Rogan and the dialogue I've had with um with the fans is so fucking bizarrely oddly, um, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's just it's just very vulnerable. It's like I don't like sometimes people go just tell us just tell a story about Isla, the little kid you met out there. Because she's so fucking weird, you know? She's like the youngest, the youngest one, not she's the blonde. Oh, dude. That's your daughter. Yeah. She, she's I weird. just, yeah, I was I was reading her Mitch Hedberg jokes the other day, and she was fucking howling, laughing, and she got them. And I was like, oh, you're 10, you're not. She's, she's, a, she's a genius. She's well, smart, she's, you know? a, she's not smart. I wouldn't say smart. Oh, she's word. not smart? <laughs> Are we on right now? Yeah, we're on. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's so funny. And I think the more I've grown. Yeah. Uh, and gotten older and, and seen the world because right. I didn't. You know, when I met you, I'd just been to Tallahassee, Tampa, yeah, and New York, Florida State University yeah. party animal of the year or some shit in Rolling Stone. Right? You got yeah. I remember you. Would I pull remember beers you, on your fucking head and do you remember that 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 uh, that little plant? There was a little like planter right outside the bag at like a uh, little like yeah. iron planter yeah. oh, with a tree. Yep. And I remember you were like standing up and down, like standing up on it and then coming down. Yeah. And I remember you gave me a speech. You were like. Figure out who the fuck you are, and you're like, you, I said that? yeah, you were like, you were like, you're like, you're funny, but you just are all over the place. And I was, I was all over the place. I was trying to do like set up punch, right? But my real natural angle was like, what you, Bobby Kelly, right? Like that kind of real conversational. What, yeah. what we now know to be now we're conversational guys, but but also when I said that to you, I don't even remember. It's amazing how people remember shit. I. You know, I had to do the same thing. Yeah. Because, you know, I remember when we would all audition for Montreal and it was I didn't get in right away. It was tough. You know, I never I never passed one of those auditions. And I remember um, they would say, well, he's funny, but we don't. What is his angle? Whatever. You know, all that shit makes you mad. You go, well, you brought that bum in. That bum is in. Fucking what's your angle? What's your angle? And then I got in, got in, got in. Because I had been invited to Montreal. I did New Faces with Mitch Hedberg. That's ironic. It did was, you really? It was me and Mitch Hedberg were the last guys on the show. And it was a fucking horrible show. And I got up. <laughs> I was the second to last. I got up. Mitch Hedberg introduces himself to me. He goes, hey, man, what's your name? I said, 
oh god for me he said my name's mitch hedberg you know how he talked yeah. i was like what's up man he's like he's like we're the last two dudes and people were coming back because it was at this this place called the comedy nest in montreal oh, yeah, the, comedy the nest, new yeah. faces was the worst so showcase because it was all industry nobody really laughed and some of us were seasoned and a lot of us weren't i wasn't really seasoned. i was coming from chicago yeah. three four years in so um People were coming backstage like they were coming from a war. Everyone was like, the crowd is tough, man. They're not giving it up, bro. Yeah. So I get up there, and I have a decent set. I'm used to murdering, but I had a decent set. I was okay. Now, what year is this? This is like 97. Okay. Oh, wow. So that's before I that's right before I met you. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I'm green, and I'm using personality in my whack-ass jokes or whatever. And I had a decent I – I got something out of them. And I was like – I'm used to kind of killing, but I got an <laughs> average set. And then Mitch went up and destroyed that bitch. He was yeah. so good. Yeah. Oh, I was like, wow. He was, he put his head down, had his hair over his head. Yeah. And he was like, I know you're wondering, da, 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 and just killing. I said, that was dope. Yeah. And that's what, that was the legend of Mitch Hedberg. I got to see that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then. That's cool, by the way. That, uh, that's yeah. so cool that, yeah. that you appreciate that. There's so many comics that are so self-centered that they like. I always tell people I came at comedy as a fan first. Yeah, like I didn't come at comedy as like a like I, I'm gonna I'm, I got I got a new angle on this. I came at it like it was just getting the backs of the boss. Yeah, man. I so are you. Do you, you want me to tell you a Godfrey story? That you, 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 you I remember. I, <laughs> I remember you sitting in the back. Yeah, and and um, you were roommates with Mike Epps. Damn right in Queens, New York, Long yep. Island City. And Dave Chappelle came in, and you and Epps were in the back, and you guys were calling out jokes you wanted him to tell. That's right. You were like, Aquaman. Aquaman! <laughs> you remember? <laughs> it's so good. We were we were calling out different jokes. Do this joke. Do that joke. And Chappelle would be like, ah, I, what do you think about that one? And I'm like, that's cool. Uh, keep going with that. Yeah. yeah. We, man, here's funny. Here's what's funny. You know, me and Chappelle f- fell out at one time. Uh, okay. Remember so that? Let's, yeah. Okay. So so what happened, for those of you who don't know, is someone broke into Chappelle's car. Someone broke into Chappelle's car. And I remember I, uh, Chappelle was at the in the cellar at the bar. And I come up to Chappelle. I said, what's up, man? He goes, nothing, man. He goes, man, someone broke into my car, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, what? It, okay, what, what the fuck, really? He goes, and I think it was you. You. Motherfucker, you did it. I was like, what? I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I thought he was joking with me. I was yeah. like, you broke into my car. You and Artie Fuqua broke into my car. And I sat there and I said, the fuck are you talking about? Like, I, I laughed. I was like, why would I break? I mean, you should know me by now. I was raised by a fucking a great parents. I don't steal people's shit. You were raised by intellectuals. Damn right. And he was too. And he yeah. blames me. You guys are so similar in so many ways. And that's one of the things that as we start this podcast, I, I say to you, I, I wish I had listened. I would hear you talk about your parents. Your parents were Nigerian. Yeah, they were came over to And started teaching. My father up- studied to be a teacher in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska. Went to Dana University, Dana College. And then we moved to Chicago. That's why I was raised in Chicago. I was yeah. born there. My sister was born in Nigeria. My mother became a nurse in Chicago. An amazing nurse because she trained some of my friends, which was very weird to be nurses. And uh, yeah, I went to I went you know went to Catholic school, twelve years. Went to Catholic school, went to University of Illinois, psych major, got a degree in psychology. Another sidebar to you is you and Rogan have 
similar backgrounds in martial arts. You were into Hapkido. Yeah, I did Hapkido for like 10 years. Like Joe, which he's made an amazing career out of, he's like a UFC guy. He was a competitor. I just studied martial arts in New York because I thought, you know, just in case someone attacks me. But martial arts, any guy usually wants to learn karate from growing up from watching Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal. I didn't realize realize how big that was in black culture until I hung out with Patrice. See – Patrice was obsessed. Let with me Bruce tell you about. Lee. I have a I have a brand new kung fu bit right now, and I explain it because I connected to a Donald Trump bit about how he's going to deal with China. Because I'm trying to learn Mandarin. I want to learn it. It's hard, but I want to learn it. But I say a lot of my a lot of my Chinese is fake because it comes from kung fu movies, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's it because kung fu is usually spoken in Cantonese. It's usually Cantonese is what you're hearing. Really? Yeah. When they're like sound like I know something, right? Yeah. I didn't say shit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's... <laughs> In a parallel universe, there's two Chinese guys doing a podcast going, that's black guy, right? <laughs> right. Most black men, and I say it in this joke, it's a brand new joke, most black men know about kung fu movies. We're very, very well informed. We're very knowledgeable about kung fu movies. You know about the Shaw Brothers? Yeah. There's the Shaw Brothers. There's Raymond Chow, who created Golden Harvest with um, Sammo Hong. If you know who Sammo Hong is, he's in the first scene of Enter the Dragon with Bruce Lee when they're fighting in those, those, those boxing gloves and those underwear. Yeah. That's Sammo Hong. Sammo Hong is a major producer of a lot of these movies. He's a heavyset Asian guy. He's always been heavyset, you know? Yeah. And from Bruce Lee to Sonny Chiba, Street Fighter from the 60s, Sonny Chiba. Then you have... Five Deadly Venoms, Kid with the Golden Arm, Flying Guillotine. You have Iron Monkey, Drunken Master 1 and 2. You have Shaolin versus Lama. You have Master Killer with Gordon Liu. I can keep going. Yeah. You're, you're, and so for some reason in, in my neighborhood, where I grew up in Chicago on the north side, shout out to the Cubs because I grew up around Wrigley Field. Um, I grew up around a mixture of kids, right? Mainly immigrants like African, Russian, Polish, Korean, Cambodian, really? Vietnamese. Oh, yeah. My, my neighbors were Cambodian. Cambodian. It was all, it, it's an area in Chicago called Uptown. It's the most integrated area in Chicago because Chicago is the most segregated city in the country. I knew that. Martin Luther King. There's a, there's a, a, a footage of Martin Luther King saying, uh, Chicago's fucked up. And I'm from Alabama. <laughs> Because he was like, I've never been to a place that had more hatred in my life. And motherfucker, I'm from Alabama. <laughs> uh, Martin Luther King got hit with a brick in Chicago. Are you serious? Yeah. You know, in Alabama, they spit on him. They hit him with a brick in Chicago. You feel me? So I, w- I grew up around every everything in yeah. Chicago. Everything. So, But we were into kung fu movies. The black dudes were. Because my mother used to let us go to, me and my brother, we would go downtown, State and Lake. And we would go to the all Chinese kung fu theater. It was a a kung fu. It was a theater with just kung fu movies for three dollars. You could watch as many as you wanted. But older brother, my younger brother, Daniel. Younger, are you the oldest? My sister, Juliana. Sister, She's daughter. in Texas. Nurse, three kids, husband. He's whack. But anyway, I didn't mean to throw that in there. But yeah, so we would watch kung fu movies. So we always knew kung fu movies. For some reason, black dudes, the black. It was like that's why Wu Tang Clan was formed. You yeah. notice Wu Tang? Wu Tang yeah. is the greatest rap group in history. Uh, yeah. Till this day, people wear Wu Tang shit. They want Wu Tang gear. It's the it's the most brilliant concept. You take hip hop and fucking kung fu, and you think about the Wu Tang Clan. 
You think about Old Dirty Bastard was like a drunken style. Yeah. Right? Raekwon was like more of a fucking a hefty style. You had yeah. um 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 Method Man was more like a samurai because his shit was so slick and so fucking precise. Yeah. Right? You had RZA who had his style. So it was like Kung Fu style. Ghostface Killer was a different style of hip hop, but they matched it with martial arts. That was the that's the most brilliant shit, I think, in music to me. Was the, the Wu Tang clan. Uh Ghostface did the Cuban links. Ghostface and Raekwon. They Raekwon were together the with Cuban, Cuban links. links. Fuck yeah, they're one yeah. of the greatest duos ever, man. Man, I, you know, I got introduced to that. I used to drive, um, I used to drive uh, girls across campus or walk them mostly. Oh yeah, unless they requested a car, and if they requested a car, yeah, they're always black. And they were so always black girls. Only black girls requested. Cars. You would just walk black girls. No, I walk white girls. Black girls, black chicks wanted a ride. They always wanted. Oh, a they ride. Wanted, oh, they, they wanted didn't want someone to walk. They weren't scared. They, they wanted scared. a car. They, they wanted yeah, a car. Yeah, they're not scared. White women are the yeah. ones. White women wanted an escort. They want an escort. The black it. chicks were like, it would every fucking time they'd be like, uh, we got a call at the uh, Sally Hall, one uh, eleven. That was my po- number. It's Florida State. Yeah, Florida State. And I go, sure thing. They go, they requested the car, so I'd pick up the car, I'd drive over, and they go, I. <laughs> Brent Bracken would go every time would go, uh, they say there's only one of them, but they requested the car, so I'd imagine there'll be eight. Right. And we pull up and it'd be one black chick waiting. Waiting and to get a ride. She see me, she goes, He's here and eight black chicks would pile into the car. Oh, that's how they Yeah. And oh. so then and then they'd go, Drive us to FAMU. Because I always wanted to go to a FAMU party. FAMU is the shit. That's yeah. the black university. We weren't allowed to go, but I, I don't know, man. I don't I've always had a I've always had a thing for black chicks, meaning like <laughs> I don't just I've always just a white really, man that always secretly had a thing for black chicks. Oh, that's new. <laughs> you love black I, girls. I love I've always well, they're amazing. In like, a, in like a in like a real sistery like conversational <laughs> way. Like like never dated a black chick, but right. just loved I don't know, they're just real. You my, know wife, what it, my wife's like a black chick. I always say the joke <laughs> I used to make is she has you, a big want, ass? you want to feel better, ask a white chick. If you want the truth, ask a black chick. That's right. And it's these, like Hollywood. These girls sat in the back, <laughs> in the back one time. They were all from uh, New York. That's yeah. how Florida State worked. If you were uh, African-American and lived in Florida, right. you could go to FAMU and cheap. But if you were out of state, you could get funding at Florida State. Oh, wow. And so you could go to Florida State, go to, go to good education, same, Dope. same. And these girls one time, I was driving to FAMU. Yeah. And they were like, uh, they were like, what are you listening to? When I was from the South, we always listened right. to booty music. That was our hip hop. Right. That and Outcast. And they were like, you should check out Method Man. Whew. And I was in the car. I was probably, I was probably 20, 21, 20 mm. years old. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, okay. And I was, I was bought Wu Tang Clan, bought Method Man. Whew. Man. And I did not get Method Man. Of course. Until me and my buddy Mike Osborne got high. And, uh, and you got and him? He just started going the. You know, remember yeah. we just, <laughs> I'm in the pain, the pain, hardcore from the brain. Yeah. That's the most amazing breathing technique. It's sick. And it and I we got into it. We started going back and forth, rapping Method Man lyrics. The way yeah. you would like a David Tell album. You know how like yeah. Tell's first album, Scans for Memories, yeah. that became like vernacular with you and your friends. Right. Or Ch- Chappelle when Chappelle would make a joke and you'd go like he'd be like uh Pimps can always be like, bitch, go down and start my car. And, and m- me and my friends would do that. Bitch, go down and start my car. But, uh, but, and I fell in love with Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. I, but, yeah. But let's die. Let's go back to the right. you and Chappelle beef because I do remember that going down. Right. Not to d- get off of, I want to talk me, about your family. I want to no, talk no, about no. Chicago. Me, I want to talk about how you came into doing stand up the way you do it. But I remember that distinctly. That's just, okay. And so I went. Because so, Patrice was around at the time. Patrice was around. Keith Robinson, Wanda Sykes Hall yeah. was around. Remember when Wanda Sykes was married? 
Yes, she was, she to was the HBO executive. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. And so, I and so I I go, yeah. You you fuckers broke into my car, and you better stay the fuck away from me. So I so he goes downstairs. I I come outside like, what the fuck is going on? And so Artie Fuqua, I see Artie because you know I hung out with the Artie, sweetest guy in the in world. The world. And to I this hung out day. with him. I, I hung out with him every day for ten fucking years. You and Artie, Artie. were like brothers, well, like why, legit brothers. But why do you think? Louis put us on his first season, me and him. Yeah. First season is me and Artie taking um, Louis to the fucking club. Yeah. Because me and he, Louis, Louis, Louis very observant about comics. He knew we were the guys that went out, got a lot of girls, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Went to the clubs, knew everybody. So I tell Artie, I say, Artie, guess what? He goes, what? You know, Chappelle, someone broke into his car and he's, he blamed both of us. He said it was both of us, man. He said we blame. He goes, What? So Artie, don't people don't understand? Artie has a fucking temper. He yeah. has man. If you've never seen it, I've seen Artie talk shit to cops. Man, literally, there was a cop that said, "Let me see your ID." Artie's like, "You ain't getting shit." He's like, "I don't <laughs> need to give you my ID. I haven't done shit, so you can fucking leave me alone because yeah. I ain't giving you shit." I was like, "Artie's a bad motherfucker, dude." So I tell Artie. Artie goes, "Where is he?" And so I guess Chappelle was over at the Boston Comedy Club. Yeah. He went downstairs, but he was at the Boston. So Artie walks up. You know, Artie walks real fast. Artie goes. Artie walks Dave. real fast and just yeah. fucking bounces. Artie goes, yo, Dave, what's up, man? What's, what's up? So Keith Robinson, Wanda Sykes, outside of the Boston. Chappelle's like, yo, you guys broke into my shit. Da, 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 da. You better watch your back. And Artie said, listen, man, let me tell you something. I don't think you know who the fuck you're dealing with. He's like, yo, I don't give a fuck, man. You, I'm, I'm from Jersey City, my man. I said, I got the craziest motherfucking, I got dudes all around this goddamn, this area, man. You need to watch your fucking back. I don't care about your movies and all that shit. Don't fucking insult me like that. Because, you know, Artie's from a middle class family. Yeah. You know, his parents have businesses and shit like that. So Artie's always been pretty well off. And Artie just, like, checked him on that and said, I don't give a fuck, Or man. Dave's been from a middle class. No, Artie. Artie Fuqua. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But we all are from... Like blue collar families, you know. No, no real. I mean, there there were a couple thugs in comedy when we were around. Yeah, a couple of them. But Artie, Artie, they, they shook out. Mike, Mike. I always wondered if Mike Epps was really a thug. Mark, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Mike, two dudes I partied with that I remember I love to Mike. this day. One is Tracy Morgan, who says he's never met me, never met that. And and I was like, I'm like, oh, whatever. Man, we were me all and, around each me other. And Tony, me and Tony have that story from that Tracy Morgan story. That's yeah. our story. I don't give a fuck. He can say whatever he wants. Yeah. Well, I get it. We were but, all around each other. Dude, Mike People Epps, are just trying to have that fake ass, um, in, um, what is that, um, amnesia bullshit. But we all were around each other. Mike Epps, Mike Epps used to come to my apartment once a fucking week to party. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I roomed with him. Okay, and we and we were blowing a lot of party balloons. Okay, <laughs> Mike. Mike has always been Mike. You know, he's Mike, cool. I he, fucking Mike love is great. That guy. Mike's from Indianapolis. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, Mike is really like he has that thug thing about him. Of course, he's a wonderful actor now. The guy, but he Very has to, He still has that street shit to him. He taught me a lot of street shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna front. I gotta say this. One time, uh, one of our blinds, because I lived in a fucked up apartment. It, when Long Island City was affordable, yeah, I lived on Crescent Street between 37th and 36th Avenue in a shitty-ass apartment. Our shit was crooked. The apartment was crooked. <laughs> our refrigerator door would open up, like, for no reason, and Mike would kick it because he was all pop, 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 pop. Yeah. He would kick it in his Long John underwear. And this motherfucker, one time, our blinds, 
you know, like fell down. Yeah. And Mike was like, man, fuck, man. So I said, man, I got to fix it. He goes, man, I can fix it. And he fixed it in a, in a weird ghetto ass way. He goes, man, you got to nigger rig it, man. You got to nigger rig that shit. Nigger rig that shit. I was like, I even felt white. I was like, oh, my God, where'd you get that phrase from? You never heard that? No. You, got, oh, you, you heard it? Oh, fuck. <laughs> you heard it. And I, I, have, I, have a joke I, can, <laughs> I have a joke I can only tell in Tampa. Because Tampa, the M right. word was thrown around a, a lot, lot growing up. Right. Got there was you. a joke I got into. This is a true story. I got yeah. into the elevator <laughs> in in L.A. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm far removed from Florida. Yeah, and I'm with my daughters, and yeah. our our maintenance man is black. His name's Antonio. Yeah, and he wrote a note on our elevator door, mm-hmm. and I start to read it, but I'm hungover. But as I'm yeah. reading it, he walks in. Antonio on on Monday nights. My wife worked at the building too, so they worked okay. together. Okay. So on Monday nights, he knew my wife had to work till seven. Right. Monday night football started at five. He'd come by and hang out. We start watching the game right. together. So I knew this guy. Yeah. So he opens the, the door, opens, and he comes and he sees me reading it. I, I'm doing his voice. It's going to sound horrible. He goes, he's like, "Oh shit! Just so you know, some kids in the neighborhood they's been getting a little ding dong and ditch." I go, "What's that?" What? He goes in and he points to the note. That's right. what the note he wrote is. Oh, that's just some, so, so you know, some kids in the neighborhood, they has been getting a little ding-dong and ditch, so as you know. Ding-dong and ditch? I go, what the fuck is that? Damn. He goes, you never did ding-dong and ditch when you was a kid? I go, I don't think I did. Like fucking He goes, well, you go up and knock on a motherfucker's door and then bail out and then he'd come out and you'd all laugh? I go, oh, I did oh, that. we did that? Yeah, and he goes, what did you call it? And I was like, nothing. <laughs> it was called, when we were kids, it was called N-word knocking. Nigga knocking? That was what they called it. Get the it. fuck they out of here. Knock on the door and bail out. Nigga knocking? Because well, that what black kids did? That, no. <laughs> it's just anything that anything that was bad, the N-word got thrown in front of That's it. That's hysterical. So so just so you know, the, the kid, uh-huh. originally, yeah. it was called jerry-rigging. It was called jerry-rigging. Jerry-rigging, right. Because so, when the U.S. soldiers got to Germany, they called the Germans jerrys. Right. And all their shit was broken down. They were trying to fix it barely. So they called it German-rigging, jerry-rigging. Okay. That's oh, how it got shit. that term. And then, so I said to Antonio, oddly enough, we get out of the elevator, and, I, and, he, and he jokes around. He goes, fuck you. I know what you called it. Because he had told my wife what it was called. Yeah. And my wife said to him, oh, my God, going up in the South, you know what we called that? And told him. So when he saw it, he knew what I called it. I said, you never heard that term? And he goes, I never heard that term. He goes, I go, what did you call it when your car broke down and you fixed it with a piece, piece of tape? And he was like, shit, I called it fixing the motherfucker. I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, th- that was so funny. Nigga, yeah, when he told me that, I had never heard that. Because I'm in living in Chicago. I'm around Southern black folks. We got Mississippi, Kentucky. Yeah. You know, like, we've, I'm fixing to go here. Yeah. I ain't, I'm finna, you know, you know, that's yeah. the Southern shit. So I, that was the one Phrase I have never heard. Really? Like, like the word steal on somebody. Yo, that motherfucker got stole on. That means I, I hit you while you weren't looking. Really? If I, if I steal on you, like when you threat somebody, you'd be like, yeah. yo, when I steal on you, what the fuck you going to do? And you'd be like, what do you mean steal on you? Bam, hit you when you don't know it. Uh, That's like stealing a, stealing a hit. If I, yeah. So there was a lot of Southern shit that I, did, I knew and I didn't know. So wait, so how did the RDU Dave stuff? Okay, you Dave well, that, cool well, that, well, Artie threatened him, boom, boom, boom. I think and I heard Dave say something really good about you on media. How long ago? I don't know, recently. Oh, really? Say, yeah, I want to say. He said something well, about Yeah, because I heard that and I went, oh, cool, man. Well, let me like, tell you yeah. something about Dave, man. I respect him big time. Yeah. I was his friend. I'm still, I'm his, well, we, let me tell you what he did, though, which was great. I'm David's friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, 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 I like Dave, but first of all, when I met Dave, you know, I met him with Tony Woods, another 
an underrated guy who, who probably Dave, the most, probably the, the most, the most underrated guy who Dave learned a lot of his style from. Me too. In DC, yeah, oh, me too. They, I, I spent Tony every... Woods is the cool. If anybody is listening, and I know a lot of people listen to your podcast, please look up Tony Woods. They've, I've talked about him ad nauseum. Please. Tony Woods. Tony Woods came in to the DC Improv yeah. one night. It's, yeah. I'm there. I'll say it sold out for the story, but it was yeah. a Sunday night, so it probably wasn't. Right. But, but, you know, it was packed. Right. My wife's there. Yeah. And he and he stands in the back, and I hear th- that that distinct Tony Woods oh, voice yeah. go, hey, why don't you tell that Tracy Morgan story? <laughs> and I go, is that Tony Woods? That's Tony Woods. Hey, shorty. Yeah. What's hey, up, shorty. Man? And, you know, Tony Woods talks in code. Yeah. I'll be like, if you don't speak Tony Woods... You're fucked. Because he'd be like, hey, remember the shit? <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, shorty. What? You, listen, Tony, I just did a little um, documentary. There's a guy doing a documentary for Tony Woods. I was and supposed I, to do that. And I, I, did, I did it at the DC Improv a few weeks ago, and I fucking went off. And he texted me, I appreciate the love you showed me in this. You got to give me his number. I got to reach I, I out will. to him. I said, he's the most underrated underappreciated comedian and we wish we, I said I, I wish I could be as cool as Tony Woods Tony Woods took me overseas I never went overseas until Tony Woods taught me how to perform in front of European audiences Tony Woods taught me I mean I wish I was as cool as him on stage to this day I wish I was cool but I'm a different kind of personality he'd go up do you remember he'd go up at the Boston yeah. there would be like 16 people in the room and he yeah. just wouldn't talk for like the first two oh, minutes oh yeah I remember that. No, I I loved watching him in the urban shows where there'll be 10 black dudes who have, you know, how black audience, some black comics are all enter. Everybody's energetic. Yeah. Man, let me go, suck my dick. Good night. Yo, you ever fuck a girl in the ass? Good night. Yo, man, fuck that. I'll smack the bitch and then have the bitch on welfare. Good night. Yo, man, man, the bitch was sucking my dick too. Good night. And Tony Woods, after all that fucking chaos, after all 10 comics have done each other's joke, that son of a bitch would come up, take his time, come up on stage, no pressure. And I remember one day I was like, that's when I said, this dude is a fucking comedy god. He was like, hi, everybody. My name is Tony Woods. I'm glad you all enjoyed everybody else, but I'm going to let you all know everybody was, they were jumping all over the place. I may step over here, but that's all about it. I'm going to be right in the motherfucking middle. And people were dying. I mean, he was, I said, how the fuck did this dude from all this chaos just kill with the most mellow fucking attitude. Because, you know, I, I started in Urban in, in, in Chicago. When I, Bernie Mac took me under his wing. I knew really? Bernie. What? You didn't know that? No. Man, I, I that's one of the questions I wanted Mac. to ask you is like, because I I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm all over the map with this interview, and I know that, I I know know. that people dig that it's a conversation, but even I'm like, I'm like I have like nine million I questions. Know, I know, I know. I'm going to try. That's so, why I, so, I, like, I, so, okay. Okay, let's 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 finish Tony. Okay, put a pin in Bernie, and then we're finish gonna, Tony, and then and we're Dave going. Too. I want to Dave. Dave I'm gonna tell you what he did that was cool. Okay, okay. So so let's go. Let's go Tony, Dave, and then go to Bernie. Okay, boom. Okay, Tony. So Tony Woods, he you know I met Tony Woods in Chicago at this place called All Jokes Aside, which is seven years of all black comedy club, which was owned by black people, open seven days a week. That's why I met Robert Schimmel. Robert Schimmel walked in one day because really? he was in Chicago doing another club. He walked in. On a Wednesday, it was amateur night on Wednesday, and he goes, "Hey man," and I knew who he was. I go, "It's fucking Robert Schimmel." He goes, "Hey man, you think you got room for a, a little Jewish boy to go up on stage?" 
And you know Robert Shimmel was a fucking dope-ass comic. Fucking Robert went up, packed, all black, destroyed. He goes, you thought, you thought a white dude couldn't fucking do this shit? Good night, Robert <laughs> Shimmel. Fucking smashed it. And I, that's where I met Tony Woods. Yeah. And Tony, you know, I got when I came to New York finally, um, I needed a place to stay because my friend faked me out or some shit. And Tony Woods let me stay in his apartment for a week. He didn't even fucking know me that well. Because he had a gig. He said, you can stay in my apartment, man, for a week in Brooklyn, New York. And I never forgot that shit because I, yeah. I was out on my ass. And I was doing a, a talent show, you know, talent, the comedian. I was doing yeah. some shit in fucking Queens, some one of them ghetto ass shows, you know, where the TV is on and motherfuckers are rolling dice and shit and going, boo, nigga, fuck you, that kind of shit. <laughs> and boom, Tony Woods let me stay. And from there, we became really cool friends. When I moved to New York, me and Tony played basketball every day. We hung out. And I just said, this is one of the coldest motherfuckers on the microphone, demeanor wise, clothing wise, fucking his attitude, his voice, and he always gave me advice on shit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But he's helped out a lot of comedians. I'm going to say this again. He's helped out so many motherfuckers. I would venture to say without Tony Woods, comedy wouldn't be where it is today. No doubt. And yeah. he helped so many people that have gotten in positions where they could have given him a fucking hand, and they didn't. Now, I'm not going to say... I'm going to say this to Tony. Tony's been his own worst enemy, too. He's been his own. <laughs> Tony's been his Tony's worst enemy. Own, same yeah. way I'm my own worst same enemy. Same Greer Barnes, who I'm going to say this. Oh, don't even get me fucking started on Greer Barnes. Greer Barnes is my brother. That's my fucking brother. from, an, And he is one of the dopest fucking comedians. Dude, let, let's take. let's take, Okay, let's let's take two seconds. Okay. Just to tell everyone okay. how great Greer okay, Barnes is. Okay, let me is. tell you about Greer Barnes. Everybody, G-R-E-E-R-B-A-R-N-E-S. Look up fucking Greer Barnes. Not only is he a good guy. He, great guy. so supportive of every comic. And and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in on this. Okay. Is that from a perspective of my perspective. Yeah. I was a young comic. I was working the door. Mm-hmm. These are two dudes yeah. that every yeah. single night that no one's around, that they're going to yeah. have a drink at the bar. Yeah. Yeah. I could pony up and pick their brains, and they weren't yes. dicks. They just they listen and always listen, listen and talk and, and tell you their insights. Here's what yes. I like about stand-up. Greer was dating this girl that worked at the Boston. Do you remember that girl with the red hair? Yeah. She he, was so fucking hot. He, he dated a, you know, And then he got, he married some girl. Yeah, he got pregnant. He got a lot, of, he got a lot Gre- of, he got a lot of little seeds around. Yeah, Greer's, Greer. but, but Greer going on stage was like Tony. Yeah. He owned a fucking owned audience. Audience. Now, you may know him from Last Comic Standing, right? Did he do Last Comic Standing? I think so. Okay. Uh, well. But like his, he would go in I, I still say this in the in the the vein of like yeah. just unexpected, yeah, and just slow and sound and and he own and, his, it. and his accents, his 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 when he does that scuba diving joke, which is one of the greatest jokes I've ever seen in my life. Let me tell you something. That motherfucker has he would do the same act for years, but you never got tired of it. I told because Greer was always afraid of doing new jokes. He literally told me, "I am." I am suffocating from insecurity. And I said, you're one of the baddest motherfuckers on the mic. You're like Hardcore. the rock him. If you know hip hop, you're like the rock him of fucking comedy. You're so good and so yeah. talented. And you're act. I don't blame you for not wanting to do another joke because you're. I never get tired of his jokes. It's murderous. I, he does. He'd he, do horses running down the street oh, oh, and it sounded like horses dude, he running does, down the street. He does a ping pong match and it yeah. sounds like ping pong being played. Dude, I, I Batman in the fucking Batmobile with the beatbox shit. <laughs> the, yeah, he's like... 
he's he's just he's an artist he's like a salvador dolly type motherfucker the dude you takes a paintbrush and just does that next level shit it really just paints like, it really paints a picture yeah. i have a joke that i've been working on forever about running out of air at 90 feet in fiji mm. i can't get it out of the gate because right. because number one I, I had someone tell me that you know the ending already so that that takes it away right but anytime i started writing the joke i ended up writing greer barnes's joke you know what I'm saying? It's that good. Where it's, it's that good. Like where you Cosby's went, dental joke. Yeah, you go. I can't. That, I that can't, is untouched. If I do, and I, me, and one thing I love about me and Greer, me and Greer were. He's a martial artist, kung fu guy. Yeah, and he was a baseball player for a long time. He I did played, that movie with Kevin Costner, right? I played baseball. I was he was center field. I was a shortstop. But me and Greer is always watching me. When I always think it's a, a compliment when Greer is in the the doorway of the comedy cellar. Shout out to the comedy cellar. Yeah, when he's watching me and going. Every time you're always doing new shit, you're always doing new shit. I go, I'm not afraid. You can't, you have to learn to step out of that. But me and you, me and you had the same, me and you had the same fault, I will say. And I, th- I thought of this before we did this interview. I think we get very bored very quickly. Yeah. Like I would watch you go up and you would do this murderous fucking 10 minutes on the Matrix and then I'd never see it again. And I was like, wait, why are you working on that bit? And you're like, Because huh? I, I put that in the fucking holster. I go, like, there's one yeah. in the round, in, the, in like, the chamber. If we took those bits and f- – like, and this is – I think both of us could uh-huh. – if, if we said, I'm going to focus and spend the next six months on one bit and, and have my act and work on that one bit and get it. Like, but That's not our personality. Is, it's not. It's not. We just, we'll, we'll, same we'll, with Bobby Kelly. Bobby no, Kelly's got the same – We'll, we'll, we'll we work have. on the bit, but it's in the rotating fucking circle. It, yeah, we'll work on the bit because now that I've done my second hour, which is on Showtime, it's called Regular Black on Showtime. Who's there? What? When's it air? I, it aired last year in okay. August, but I consider yeah. it still kind of new. If mine aired in November. I'm still talking it's about still, it. You yeah. have to yeah. because – People have to, you know, people have to get to know, you know, when you're choosing stuff on demand, you have to, it's a buildup. It takes like a Set year. into the DVR, man. Exactly. I shot it in Chicago with Rooftop Comedy. Shout out to Rooftop Comedy Matt, and Audible. Matt, Matt Schuler. Matt fucking Schuler. I love Patriots Matt fan. I hate him for that, but okay. Yeah. Matt Schuler. Now, they sh- I shot it in Chicago. I did footage in front of Wrigley Field what, 2015 when the Cubs almost won. And, they, yeah. and the Mets swept them. I was there. Wrigley Field, boom, 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 boom. And um, after you do – this is what Jim Brewer told me. When uh, you almost, do, by the way, I'm, I'm, this is the worst I've ever been in an interview because it is – this is what a podcast should be is two what? friends talking. Yeah. But, like, I almost called Brewer tonight. I almost called him right before you came okay. because I was, I'm going through some shit in oh. life. And Brewer's one of those dudes. He's, he's very he's great. very grounded, very spiritual, he's very like – Yeah, and I was like – and I'm – Going through some shit, and I, was, I almost called him, and I was like, "Man, I don't know. Am I going to dump all this shit on him right now?" And then go, "Oh shit, Godfrey just showed up. I'll call you back." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, Brewer is good people's man. He's, he's been great. through some stuff, and I've I've toured with him on um, Just for Laughs, and he's really centered and knows what he wants. And I like that he's so like not about the industry. He's about his own shit, and he's he a dad t- first. Yeah, he's dad first, man. And he told me, he goes, "Once you do your first hour." All you think about is that next hour. You just work towards an hour. So my material, I was always I was always trying to go, I want to do a special, but I want to have so much material that when I have to do my next special, I go, oh, yeah. yeah. I got this that but I've already worked out. Me and you could benefit. Me, yeah. you, and Bobby could benefit from a guy like – I've always said this, and, and I mean this as a huge compliment yeah. to everyone involved. Yeah. But like a guy like Fitzsimmons, 
To Greg, go, Fitz to, dog. To, I go, do- to go with us on the road for a weekend yeah. and just work with us, like co-headline, yeah. and work with us and go, yeah, this is lazy. You can, oh, you're better than that. Because yeah. that's my problem is I'll, I'll write stuff that yeah. conversationally I can, I can, I yeah. can force mm-hmm. the square peg through the hole. Mm-hmm. But like I go, and it kills. Yeah. But then I go, what are the bits that I should be focusing on? You know, like I think me, I, me and Bobby are guys that, you could put up anywhere in the lineup, yeah. And we always—it's just like, it's like you know we're there's a likability, but there's like a fun, a and fun. it's like it's like we're not trying to like, we're just having a good fucking time on stage. That's we me. like laughing. Yeah. We like good conversation. I laugh at my jokes sometimes. I think it's funny, dude. I laugh at my jokes still. Yeah, sometimes I go, this shit's funny. Yeah, I love it. I love that people are enjoying it. And I laugh at the fact that it's like, I know you're going to laugh at this because this shit's and that, funny. And that you have a job. Tom Skurr and I were talking about this. Yeah. He goes, sometimes I'll give because I'll go, I can't believe this is my job. I can't believe this is yeah, my you job. You pinch yourself. You and you're like, yourself. you're like, I can't believe I'm sitting in front of these people telling these jokes. Because, but then you think that shit is, this is, I call this and I was just talking to my girlfriend about it. I said, this um, comedy is the mathematics of the arts. It's some hard shit. Yeah. And, but the only problem is in math, because she's a genius in math. In math, when you're good at it, they, you get rewarded for being a genius. Yeah. In comedy, when you're good at it, you don't always – the people that are good at it and are phenomenal at it don't always get rewarded. Greer Barnes, Tony Woods, I can name Marina Franklin. That's my, my homie. She's a, a she's great. She's um, I went to college. We went to Illinois together. Oh, really? Fuck yeah. No, Marina, 20 years, bro. Really? She's another comedian who gets overlooked, and there's a lot of bum-ass bitches that are on the mic that you see posters of all over the fucking – whatever city that is and they're garbage and they can't hold a dime to fucking Marina Franklin and check out her podcast is friends like us guys Marina Franklin's dope I got to Marina Franklin YouTube podcast yeah you need to you going out I'm going out to New York in June oh good get her on there but I always say I go I want to get a list of my the guys I love yeah you know like you know you know I haven't talked to him forever and I'd love to is DC Benny Get, DC's around. Get that motherfucker. Like, and but I, but it's just one of those things where yeah. it's like it starts with me texting, like it starts with me texting Frosty and going, "Hey, yeah. can you get me DC's number?" Or texting Ben Bailey. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, I just, I, you, and why, you don't get their numbers. You, it's impossible. No, I just, I get, I get distracted very easily. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm we not get, really we good get distracted at in this conversation. It's because we're comics. All right, all right. We have we nine thousand. We have nine thousand thoughts. You ever get yeah. on stage and you go? Oh, I got like two other jokes I want to tell, but let me finish this one. And then you forget. Yes. You have a brain fart. That's how we are. Do you ever tell a joke and you're like, and then you go, that's yeah. fucking gold right there. And then you go, yeah. you get into your next joke yeah, and forgot. then you're like, wait, I what said, was the one I just said? I forgot said? something. Fuck. And you don't want to ask the audience because you don't want them to have any power over you. So you go, fuck, what was I supposed to say? Um, this thing about the car. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> now he's going to tell his friends he helped me out. All right. Yeah, Tony okay, Woods. Now, Tony Woods. We, we, I think wait, we, did we, I finish the Tony Woods? I said, okay, like I said, real quick. You need to YouTube Tony Woods, support Tony Woods. Yes. Tony Woods, he's one of the greatest comics ever. He was my mentor, and I say no that doubt, hundred percent, no doubt. Every single fucking night, yes. Now, me, my, me and my best friend yes. Tony Hernandez hung out with Tony Woods every single night. So check out Tony Woods and check out Greer Barnes, oh. one of the coolest motherfuckers. And I still try to get him off his ass because I love him to death. That's my boy, and we share we share ideas because we're kind of we can do accents and all that. So we share ideas. So I'll check out Greer Barnes and check out Marina motherfucking Marina Franklin. Franklin uh, yeah, featured for me one night. Yeah. in in New York. Yeah. And uh, and I, I didn't know who she was. Yeah, I mean, I knew who she was like from like like I knew her, her name, but yeah. I hadn't seen her work before. Yeah, 
and it was a light night at Gotham. She's just picking up a spot. She's not not yeah. featuring for the weekend. Mm-hmm. She's doing like a Thursday night one show. Yeah, and uh, she fucking murdered. And uh, I literally, yeah. And I and you ever have that feeling where you're like, okay, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I know that. And now that I've seen you, I know that you're really something. Yeah, and I really want to forge a friendship. But she, and she wasn't being a bitch at all. No. She, she was definitely was like, oh, I got other spots. She got to bounce. She's very honest. It's good seeing you. Yeah, was, no doubt. Take care. I'll see you around. Yeah. And just left. And I went, fuck, I wanted more time with her. Like, yeah. She was fucking killed. And Marina, I remember the first time she came up to me in Chicago. I mean, in New York, she goes, hey, Godfrey, I'm going to start doing comedy. I said, I'll see you in about 10 years, right? Yeah. She goes, and she she thought I was being mean. And then she comes back six, seven years later. I start, you know, we, we I start seeing her. And she yeah. goes, you were right. It does take this long. I said, I told you, but I said, but Marina, you're fucking dope, though. She's you're great. so good. She's she put great. her head down, got on stage, and now she's one of the baddest. And I mean, you, you when she goes on stage, you got to kind of work. You got to be like, damn, let me, shit, let me stretch out. Marina well, just murdered that's, that that's shit. That's New York. New York's a different. New York is the shit. It's New a York's different a, muscle. It's the greatest. Listen, I moved to New York because of that. I was in L.A. Yeah. I tried. I said, ugh. Went to New York. I well, like L.A., L.A. Now, L.A., I will right. defend L.A. in this one you sense. You can defend you're it. right I'm a, about I'm that. Because I'm defend that shit. You're right about that up until well, you a couple could, you years have, ago. Well, why? well, you got to get your phoniness on. You got to learn your phoniness here. That's why half <laughs> you motherfuckers are going crazy and hanging yourselves. Because it's shiny. It's sun, the sun is out, but you're unemployed. That's a fucked up scenario. Yeah. The well, sun is out, and you have no job. At least in New York. It, it, you're, you're unemployed, but it's cloudy. It matches. <laughs> Someone just pissed on you. You're like, fuck you're yeah, walking. I'm unemployed and I got peed on. It's all going. But there's paradoxes here. It's yeah. sunny out. You don't have a gig. There's hot chicks. You can't get one. You don't have a girlfriend. You don't have a car. Guys driving around in Porsche. And then you're going like this. Hey, man, let's do lunch. Yeah, great. Uh, we have a meeting in three weeks, right? Okay. Then. <laughs> and they, it's like they force you to smile. When you're not feeling that way. And then if you just keep it real and you go, I'm not in the mood today. All of a sudden, you're not on the pilot because you told somebody the truth. You, yeah. can't, you can't fuck with the comics. Like, you know how me, all of us used to shit on each other. Rich Voss, Jim Norton. All of us would. You remember, we'd be in a circle shitting on each other. You told a story. You just remember, reminded me of a story one yeah. time. This is fucking probably 18 years ago. God damn. I, that's how. I can't believe that. But I remember you telling a story about you going into a meeting. Yes. Or going into an audition in L.A. Yes. And uh, you stuck your hand out to shake someone's hand. And the guy wouldn't shake your hand. And you were like, fuck you. Yeah. You didn't say that out loud, but you were like, and it's like, I don't know, you could be sick. And you were like, you don't shake my fucking hand? Yeah. Like, I remember you saying that. And I remember I remember it was like, I want to say it was like me. The guys that all hung out, out outside was like me, Patrice, you. Patrice, all of us. Like yeah. every now and then, like Todd Todd Barry. Like, it was, like, the, it was Bobby the Justice Kelly. League of comics. And dude. it was all, and I would just work the door. So I was yeah. always listening. I yeah. wasn't like. Right. And you were like, I remember Mike Epps telling the same story like t- a week later, but not yeah. the same story. But he was right. saying he was, he went out and he did an audition for the CW, not CW. I'm sure it was something else at yeah. the time. The G- BW or the B something. <laughs> yeah, one of them. The like, WB. 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 And the, and the guy was like, uh, that's great. Can you say it more like hood? And Mike was like, excuse me? Right. He's like, say it more hood. And Mike was like, said it again. He goes, you sound very country. Can you say it more like street? Uh, and Mike was and like, and Mike's from the street. Fuck, fuck you. you. And he walked out. I remember some lady told me I wasn't African enough, and I'm 100% African. You're 100%, 100% African. African. I was supposed to go, I'm a da 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 Good with Tony. Tony Woods. We got to say Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. Now, 
years later, like Dave Chappelle's show comes on. He didn't get he didn't put me on it because he was still yeah. they were we were still we were not speaking. Yeah. So he even did a sketch making fun of the Seven Up guy because you know I was a Seven Up guy at one point. And then I fucking forgot about that. Yeah, I was a Seven Up dude in two thousand two and two thousand three, and I used to host. I did, um, you know, they um, Seven Up sponsored um, MTV Spring Break, so I hosted it twice. Yeah, the 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 um, you know it was awesome. So uh, years later, Dave's not speaking to me still. Manny, who used to own the cellar, Manny, yeah. remember before he passed? Of course. Manny, one day he comes up to me, Manny and Esty. Hey, Godfrey, do this. I know you and Dave aren't speaking and stuff, but why don't you like apologize to him? I said, Manny, for what? Motherfucker, he started it with me. And I said, Manny, I love the seller. This is my spot. But if you think I'm going to apologize and that's going to affect me coming here, then fuck it. So be it. I'm a man first, man. Yeah. I don't play that shit. I'm not some bitch-ass motherfucker from high school in a lunchroom. I'm not trying to be cool. I don't care if I'm accepted or not. Yeah. I like people. I treat everybody with respect. But if you're going to accuse me and fuck my, my character up, and say, and I was raised right. I'm not stealing your shit, motherfucker. Yeah. And I was like, I was a friend to Dave. I'm his friend. I don't give a fuck about your movies or whatever. I respect you as a great comic. If you all that shit was gone, I'd still be your fucking friend. You understand? I said, Manny, I'm professional. When I bring Dave up, I show him love. I don't show animosity towards him. But I'm not going to apologize to him when I get off the stage. Off the stage, it's open season. It's like, I'm a fucking man first. Yeah. Fuck the comedy shit. He respected that. I always treated Dave with respect. Then one day, long story short, Dave comes outside, goes, Godfrey, let me talk to you, man. I said, what's up, man? He goes, I want to apologize to you, man. I want to apologize. The t- my time, the t- because his father had passed away. Yeah. And I gave him a card, a condolence card. And he remembered that. He said, I remember when my father died, man, and you gave me a condolence card. I go, because you're my friend, man. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Remember half the time you would invite me to some of your parties? i go, no, I'm good. He'd have a, hunch of, a whole bunch of hanger-oners that didn't give a fuck about him. And I'd be like, no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm chill. You know what chill. I'm saying? And, I, and he goes, I know you're a talented motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. He said, I was just going through some shit, but I apologize, and I respected him for that shit. And I said, my man, we're good. I don't hold grudges like some bitch, yeah. but I'm not going to apologize to you first. If you start some shit with me, if I started it, I'd been like, man, my bad. Yeah. But I was like, well, well, we just gonna have to be, you know, it's like superheroes with different powers. You, you Batman, okay, I'm I'm fucking Spider-Man. Whatever. We fight our own crimes. But we're cool now. Yeah. And I and and I've hung out with him a few times. I I saw the Wu Tang concert not too long ago with Dave Chappelle. You know, I saw the Roots picnic in Central Park. Yeah. It was I mean, I'm sorry, in Bryant Park. So we are cool, and I respected him for that. I respect him for what he did at Comedy Central when they were trying to compromise him, and he didn't take that shit. And I like that he's gotten paid his $60 million for his Netflix shit, which was dope. I respect him as a man, as a father, as a comedian. I have much respect for that guy. And we went through it. Hey, it happens. But we're cool now. The thing, you know? the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand that I, that we we don't understand either, but yeah. we get a glimpse of, yeah. is just how fucking crazy his life can become yeah like i, I like you know I've, I've told this story before but i'll tell it one more time uh i was in dayton getting paid probably getting paid four grand okay i'm um, whatever it was okay. i don't remember when it was but i know Chappelle was not he was just not in public the way he is right. now and uh black dude rolls in the office as i'm yeah. getting paid you know when you're yeah. on the road getting paid it's just you and the manager they, yeah. they tell everyone to stay out right black dude opens the door and just walks in 
and starts talking. And out of the corner of my eye, I see him, and I'm thinking, all I'm thinking is because the dude in the kitchen was a black dude, skinny black dude. It might be him. And I thought, what the fuck? You walking in while I'm getting like, paid? I don't, it doesn't bother me. If you want to know, I make four grand still a week. Know, I don't need you to know. Yeah, but, and, but I'm thinking Doc is going to say something to right. him. And Doc doesn't. He just starts talking to him. And I look over to Chappelle. He's got his backpack on. He's got a motorcycle oh. helmet in his arm. Oh, hand. shit. Yeah, and I went, I, I just was like, Ohio. It's weird. It's kind of like seeing a great white shark because it's it's like I've seen a lot of great white sharks oddly enough. But uh, but it's it's you go. I understand that I'm in the place where you see a great white shark, and I understand that that it is a great white shark. I get that, but still, it's a great white shark. You've heard about these. Yeah, these are the, the movies. Holy these are. Shit. And then, but then he started talking, and I it, it went from my great white shark to like just a regular sea animal. Is he was talking that he didn't have any new material. And I went, oh, that's right. He's a comic. Oh, I for- totally forgot. Yeah. He's the same boat I am. Is that every night you got to come up with something new. And he's having the same struggle I am. Yeah. It's creativity. He's, yes, he's a great comic. But he's yeah. not. He's not. He, he's not Jesus Christ. It doesn't just show up. He's got to come up with it. And this so- is the thing about comedy, which which I was. I was I've had the privilege of Seinfeld because, you know, I was in Comedian. Yeah. The documentary. The reason why I was always around him. So Seinfeld had seen me do a, a, a thing about being in Egypt. When I was in Egypt, I came back from New York from e- to New York from Egypt. A couple hours later, I went to the cellar to talk about my Egyptian experience. Yeah. And Seinfeld had seen that. And then a couple weeks later, Seinfeld saw me and said, hey, man, I want to talk to you, man. I'm like, what? <laughs> Sits me down. We're just talking about comedy. And he, he was giving me pointers and shit. Then he says, Always remember this, because I had told him I was, I've been doing comedy like nine years. I thought I was the shit. I was like, yeah, I'm like nine years. He goes, yeah. I'm going to let you know something. This is not me being a dick, but if you're nine years in comedy, that means you're a nine-year-old. That's kindergarten. You're like, remember that. Just to keep, because comedy yeah. is always going to be bigger than you. It's, it's, it's like a thing you will never conquer. I said, I said to myself the other day, I've been doing it, what, 19 years? Yeah, yeah, years. we're just about the same and years. Then, and, then I ju- and I just looked, and Dane Cook is at 26, yeah. and I went, fuck. But we're still working at it. Man, I would see George Wallace, who I've become really good friends with. George Wallace would be up there with notes, still going over shit. Yeah. Been doing comedy since 77 with Seinfeld. They're still writing notes. Yeah. And you got a lot of these little bitch-ass comics that walk in like, okay, my man, you got two sitcoms. Good for you. But your mic game has nothing to do with that. Don't your ever. Your mic game. That's like, you know what that's like? That's like being good at fucking a video game, a baseball video game, and thinking you can go on the field and smack a home run. The fuck out of here, man. There's a it's, lot of that. They, man, and, and, and I'm being honest. And, and people think, oh, you're being bitter. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not being fucking. If you want to call this bitter, you all can suck my dick right now. Yeah. Because it's the, com- man, it's like an equation. It's like when you see mathematicians always trying to figure shit out. Right? Yeah. That's like comedy. You go, okay, I just did an hour. I got to do another hour. Fuck, where do I get the fucking punchline for this one joke? It's like math, dude. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I take a lot of pride in my mic game. You take a lot of pride in your mic game. You said if every let's say TV shut down, let's say let's say television shut down, the computer shut down. You go. I got the mic though. I can go around the country and blow shit the fuck up. Let me tell you something. Apocalypse happens happens tomorrow, and all we got are campfires in the front yard and microphones. And and, and I don't even need a mic. Just give me a campfire. Dude, that's the new album. Campfire and microphones. <laughs> I'll fucking. I will feed my family. <laughs> What? I will feed what? my family. Yo, bump my fist right now. Everybody, we bump a fist. Yo, you <laughs> dance with the mic. my can't. fucking I, family. I can, I can put my mic in my pocket, walk around, go, yo, let me plug this shit in. I'll entertain this whole fucking town. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm not saying that it's not good that people are getting TV show. I think it's great that there's so many different. Thank God, guys like me and you who maybe were choosy about shit. You know, yeah. and as an African American comic, I'm gonna oh. be real. I'm not trying to put on a skirt. I'm not trying to do no fucking sissified shit, partner. I'm not doing it. And that's not. And that's not. Being, uh, I'm not some homophobe. I'm not. I got good friends that are gay. I don't care. I got friends that, but I'm not as an image and as having two nephews that look up to me. I want to be what I've groomed myself to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to be a badass. I want to be a heterosexual badass motherfucker. That's what I do. Some guys compromise themselves because they want to make it so badly. Yeah. And I'm not going to do that shit. I mean, I'll do silly comedies, but I won't do something where I'm the buffoon. That's not going to happen. And yeah. there's certain choices that I make. And if it's, hey, if it's taking me too long, people, I've been accused like, oh, the stuff you say is racist. I say, wait a minute. I talk about slavery. That's racist because we were slaves. How is it racist? People will say this shit. Seriously? Oh, man. Because I like to watch. I'm, I'm a big Paul Mooney, George Carlin, Richard Pryor fan. Yeah. I love that they push the edge. That's what I do. Paul Mooney, I almost... Uh, but this is probably, probably like nine, no, no, 1999. Mm-hmm. I almost walked out because Paul Mooney was getting on, and Patrice grabbed me by the arm and sat me back down, and he pulled me over to him and he goes, two table over, two tables over. Eddie Murphy is sitting here. Wow, you are not leaving when Eddie Murphy is watching. And I went, I heard that. I was shit. like, we were Caroline's. And Damn, it was, it was maybe, maybe seventy people. Yeah. And Paul Mooney went on with a bottle of champagne, and I watched the whole thing. I didn't get all of it. I thought a lot of it was right. jaded and angry, and I. Well, well, I and I'm just being angry. real. No, no, you yeah. should. But, but he's, like, but he's... like, but I sat back and I went. Some of his points, I was like, oh, I would never write that. I don't have the honesty. Right. I don't have the insight. But you know, he comes from that era where he had to go through the back of a restaurant. He oh, comes no. from the era where he saw white um, fountain, colored fountain. He has every fucking right to be angry. 100%. And the fact that he's funny with it, thank God. Yeah. He, he, people kill me with this. If a, a black man is bo- like Dick Gregory, who's 80-something, who still does comedy, he marched with Martin Luther King. By the he way, was, Dick Gregory's nephew is fucking hilarious. Oh, is he? I want he to see it. fucking hilarious. What's his name? What's his uh, name? Fuck, I'm so sorry, man. No, that's all right. Well, I'm no, gonna, I'll look I, it up. No, but he's listening. He's, a, he's out of Ohio. And, I'll look and it up. If you ever go to Columbus, work with I haven't him. done Columbus he's, yet. Are you serious? No. Oh. I haven't done Nebraska See, yet. See, that's the difference between New York and L.A. is us L.A. guys couldn't get work here, so we all went on the road, yeah. and all the New York guys were working tons and having a fucking blast. And so you guys all were like, fuck Columbus. You're like, I'll just no, do I'll three do sets Colum- of the cellar. No, but, no, but thing- I'm saying like 10 years yeah. ago. Well, yeah, but You're that's like, I'll do three sets of the cellar who- and book a movie. But that's a lot of people who don't headline because I wanted to headline and do the road because yeah. you got to learn how to do the road. I mean, you don't want to be like a road guy because you're doing a road because you can never get any TV shit. Wait, what's but your What's your schedule look like? What time you got to get out of here? Why? I'm just I'm just checking because I want to piss, but I don't want to stop. Piss. I, don't, I know I don't, but I don't want to take a piss. And we what, what, what are we talking about right now? Right now we're talking about I don't and fucking we're gonna, know. We're talking about the road. Not we're gonna road, boom, boom, boom. And now we want to talk about. Remember, uh, we were gonna talk about. We did uh, Dave Chappelle. We did Tony Woods. We want to talk about Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. I'm gonna do Bernie. Okay, hold, let's hold on, Bernie Mac. Okay. okay, let's hold on. We talk about the road and Bernie Mac. Road, okay. Bernie Mac. And, uh, but then I want to. Uh, what I want to talk about. What? I want to talk about uh, being black in America with Please. two African oh, yeah. parents. Yes, I want to oh. talk about. Sweet, I, I want to talk I can about. Write it down. But I want to talk about uh, doing black clubs. Oh yes, there's, there's so much I want to talk about. Come on, we've Go done take an a hour piss. right now. It's just floaded. Take by. a piss. 
and I so badly want my wife to be in here when you talk about Bernie Mac, oh, but I, I know she won't. She's fucking drip. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause this okay, and we'll be pause right back. It. Yo, Leanne. Yeah. Yeah. Talking that mic real quick. All right, real quick. Yeah. So now we've invited Hello. the women back into the man cave. And we're going to talk about for two seconds, and this is the re- one of the reasons I fell in love with my wife. Yeah. Godfrey uh, worked with Bernie Mac. Oh, I loved Bernie Mac. Yeah, I worked with Bernie Mac in Ch- uh, when I first started doing comedy in Chicago. I was doing like uh, mainstream, you know. And then I asked, uh, who did I ask? I asked some people. I said, hey, man, I want to go. I want to do Urban. You know, I want to do, like, all black audiences. So, Godfrey, so so I'll say this to my audience, yeah. but I'll say it to you more importantly. Godfrey's, uh, parent, Godfrey, Godfrey's mother was a nurse. Godfrey's dad was a, uh, a professor over in, and they're both from Nigeria. Yeah. So his parents are, like, hardcore intellectuals. And if you spend two seconds with Godfrey, you know very quickly he is, does not suffer fools. He's a really smart dude. Kind Really smart dude. <laughs> he knows like 19 different things about... But but uh, to do that... A lot of times to do that in a, in a black room, that like to... It would be considered crossover. It's not like well, Bernie they, Mac like, I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Yeah, but that's so funny because... Uh, funny is funny though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, funny. Always, I stayed that way. I never changed the way I approached comedy. I thought... I thought that, oh, this is going to be funny because when I would imitate white people or just do it, it doesn't matter because a lot of cats will come in. But the one thing I liked about Chicago was that we were all very distinguishable. Everybody had their own style. Yeah. You know, me, Dion Cole, Corey Holcomb, all of us, everybody was different. You guys are you, so different now that I know you guys as men, like meaning yeah, like yeah. we're all men, but like just God, those, are, those are three very different comments. So, you see how different we were. We'd all be on the same lineup, but the thing about um, that Bernie took me under his wing the most because he said he he would be like you know what I like about you man is he you talking all that smart college shit he's like but you're talking about it in front of you know hustlers and you know his 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 crew was like Michael Jordan Ahmad Rashad what yeah they were best yeah man he wore what? when when the Bulls won their second championship they used to go who you with who you with that was Bernie Mac saying. Yeah, him and Bernie were like that. He used to wear the yeah. Did you know that? No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, Bernie no. and Michael were because no Michael would come to the Cotton Club. Michael Jordan, his wife, Ahmad Rashad, and it would be like, like you know, a uh, Bishop Don Juan, the, yeah. the pimp, the hang- yeah. yeah, he's from Chicago. Bishop saw me as an amateur when I did soul playing with Snoop Dogg. Bishop came on the set and greeted me first before he greeted Snoop Dogg because he really? knew me. Yeah, he knew me as an amateur. He was like, oh, hey, man, shit. what's up, man? I seen you in a long time. I remember you in this, you know, the Cotton Club. I said, yeah. I used to do shows for, like, pimps and hustlers and drug dealers. And, and Mike Epps would come through. That's yeah. when I met Mike Epps and DL and Cedric the Entertainer. Yeah, man. Holy I used to, shit. And Bernie, like, I used to, me and this guy named Evan Lionel, who's still out here in L.A. He's from Chicago. Um, he, he actually, he actually housed Bernie when he Bernie didn't have a place to stay he housed Bernie and his wife and his daughter my friend Evan Lionel yes him and Bernie were very close see this goes a long way and Bernie used to give us advice I remember he would I would sit down with Bernie after the cotton club with him and his wife it'd be two and three in the morning and he would give me all this advice all by myself he'd be like 
Let me tell you something. Stay versatile. I like your style. That's what I like. See, there are too many people trying to be like Bernie Mac. But see, you don't give a fuck. You like you, but it's all about being comfortable with yeah. yourself. And that's why he liked me. That's why I ended up hosting when he started to get known from Def Comedy Jam. Yeah. He let me host the summer. Like one day he let me host the whole summer. Every comic was angry at me, like pissed. And I go, first of all, I didn't ask to host the Cotton Club. I didn't yeah. want to. Bernie asked me, so I'm not going to say no. Yeah. He goes, I want you to host. I'm going to be gone for three months. I want you to host this motherfucker. I was like, okay, cool. I'm not going to say no to Bernie Mac. You got to hear, so, you, now you got to hear, now you got to hear Leanne's impression of Bernie Mac. So do your do horrible. Yours, do yours. I don't think yeah. I have one. Ladies and gentlemen. Your favorite Bernie Mac joke. You know. Burke Reiser's wife, Leanne, is about to do. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm do it. stumped. Cool. I mean, I love... I'm going to crack you back to the... Go on, do it. Oh, uh, oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to crack your head to the white meat. I'm going to crack your head open to the white meat. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably pretty bad. Good. good for you. Uh, she, we, there's two things that my wife... Uh, that like Three things. I'll say three things. Yeah. The first thing was when we first started dating, she said, oh, you're, you're a comic. I love the uh, King's Comedy. Yeah. I love Bernie Mac. Yeah. And I said, really? <laughs> Just didn't seem like, I was like, really? Bernie Mac? She's like, oh, I love Bernie Mac. Right. And I love Steve Harvey. Yeah, she still and listens I to love Steve Harvey. Steve, Steve Harvey. Harvey. I was mm. so bummed when they canceled his morning show in LA because I listened to his morning drive time radio show wow. every single day. And people love him now, boy. Those those housewives especially love. He got the Steve Harvey show. He hosts the big shots. I think he hosts every channel. Yeah, I, I think. I, think Steve, I loved his radio show. And he's, though, he right? would love his radio show. She felt like it was going. You like to Family Feud? You like Family Feud? Love to. Like I love him on Family he Feud. He has like yeah. nineteen shows. This is the only thing. I didn't Dude. know he wore a wig. Oh, back in the day, he wears a wig. No, that was the high five, top fade was a wig. Yeah. What? A, I know. That's because why he, he was balding in the center. Aww. One time. That's when I. But here's the thing. I was in a comedy team for a year. It was me and this guy named Alexander. This is Chicago early. We started a comedy team, and I remember I was really mad because my my partner was getting drunk and forgetting the lines because I was writing most of the sketches. <laughs> yeah. He would forget the lines. I go, dude, we're in the middle of a fucking show. What's wrong with? We would open up for like Adele Gibbons. Godfrey deal. doesn't drink. Now, now I'm starting to learn. Shut up, <laughs> a little something, right, Kim? <laughs> I'm learning to drink a little bit. Shut up. Yeah, I'm learning about wines and stuff. Yeah, wines, and she's teaching me. Yeah, I knew yeah. I knew that because every time we go out drinking, Garvey just hang out, be cool, but he just not drink. He I would just, just watch them do all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I'd just be sitting there like, hey, you want some? Nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, like what was... Right. What was? I don't blame you. I'd like root beer better than anything. Root beer is amazing. That's my favorite. What, what yeah. were we saying just now? We were talking about Steve Harvey and Steve your comedy Harvey. team. Okay, so this is my meeting with Steve Harvey. I knew Steve Harvey as a, an amateur. Yeah. And... I remember I was in the hallway mad because my friend was he was drunk and high and he was forgetting all the lines and I had to split this check with him and oh. and then Steve Harvey was in the hallway and he goes what, he's like what's the matter with you I was like yeah I'm just like kind of a little frustrated this dude man he's forgetting all the lines he goes he goes I'm gonna tell you something though say so you when I'm, I'm watching you man you the one that's talented man you need to cut his ass I remember he said <laughs> he said you really? need to cut his ass he said how much you making how much you making I said we're making like um it was whack like a hundred bucks he goes you like splitting that money 
cut his ass and, I, and he walked off and that's when he was balding in the middle of his, and he walked out I was like I'll see you later man I got a picture of that day really and he walked yeah I still got I'm gonna I'm gonna find all my old pictures I'm telling you and he walked away Steve Harvey because he used to come to Chicago all the time he packed it out oh man it was a big deal when Steve Harvey came to Chicago especially when he did Def Comedy Jam people packed it out and I still and here's one line that I use from Steve Harvey if if I'm ever in a real bad jam, he goes, I remember this dude was heckling Steve and Steve doesn't like to heckle. He was like, hey man, let me tell you something. And he would always talk in third person. Steve Harvey don't like when people heckle him. You understand? He said, when you walked in here, they gave you a chair and me and Mike. That was a motherfucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a, you know, you're an amateur. You're like, that's yo, that's the coolest. Clue. That's the baddest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Steve was part of I, I I knew Steve a little bit I didn't know him that well but he you know when I when he every once in a while when he would see me he'd be like what's up man Chicago blah 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 whatever yeah. so you know that's my uh, Bernie was my thing though Bernie when when Keith Robinson was on tour with him um, he had called me Keith Robinson called me and said hey man Bernie you know Keith was say hey yo Bernie Mac wants to say something to you. Yeah, and Bernie's like, "Hey, man, I'm proud of you, motherfucker." Blah blah blah. And I said, "I told you, Keith. I told you I knew Bernie." Yeah, you know what I mean. So oh, yeah, yeah, man. So that was a uh, that was cool that I got to know Bernie for like now. I mean, he became so huge. He was about to be. I mean, if he was still around, he passed from mesothelioma. It, was it? It was or some, some internal organ, lung, lung disease, or something. Something it weird. Was something crazy off the wall. But crazy. I. But it's funny how he became George Clooney's friend. Matt Dan, he was in like big ass movies. He was movies. just real. He, and everybody's imitating Bernie. Like, this was a local, this was a local dude. Yeah. Like, that accent was a Chicago South Side. And then you go all over the world, everyone's like, Bernie back. Yeah. And they're talking like Bernie. Best set of stand up ever is that Def Jam of his. Yeah, I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. You know what happened with that, right? Uh, hamburger somebody, Jones. Somebody had bombed before him. Hamburger Jones. It was with Hamburger Jones, and everybody was shitting on. The comment, and he came out and said, I ain't afraid of you, mother- Martin Lawrence, if you watch Martin Lawrence's intro for Bernie Mac, he starts off by going, this guy's from Chicago, and you can hear them like, oh, oh. and he's like, no, 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 trust me. Like, oh. you, like you can hear that his intro yeah. leads into it, and then, and then you hear Bernie come out, kick that shit. It, yeah. I've showed you that. Yeah, it's it. great. Yeah, that it's, was, it's, that Bill was his- Burr and I, Bill Burr and I talked about that, because Patrice showed that to Bill and said, this is the best set of stand-up ever. Yeah, yeah. That's when he. That was his second Def Jam. His first. Was it? Yeah, he he did his first one where he did take me out to the ball game at the end. He was a little nervous and he had yeah. a, like this greenish sweater on. He had little glasses. He was like, yeah, because we knew, we all watched it. Bernie yeah. Mac is going to be on Def Jam, and he did he did pretty good. Yeah. But then the second time around, he had already been on the tour, so he was like, I ain't afraid of you, motherfuckers. Get it. Yeah. Yeah. That was his second time. I take my dick out this whole room. Get dark. dark. And everyone's like, ah. And then it, that he put Chicago on the map. And that's funny because when I started doing, when I started, when I came to New York and I was doing the Jersey gigs and all those little urban gigs, I would say I'm from Chicago. Everybody would be like, Bernie Mac. And so I, that helped me. 
Right. Oh, that's Chicago fucking crazy. Because I was the only Chicago guy around, remember? I was the only guy from Chicago. You were the only guy I knew from Nobody Chicago. Nobody else was from Chicago. The only other person I met from Chicago... Hang on a second. I'm going to let my wife go. Do you want to go finish cooking dinner? Well, I had some questions, well, but yeah, 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 I yeah, am yeah. cooking. Questions, questions. Go. But it's off, it's not, it's off topic a little bit. That's right. okay. Like, what'd your parents think when you started doing comedy? They didn't like it at first because they you were like, I thought this? you... No, no. no I people. thought you were like, want to be in psychiatry, be like... I was like, no, I, I really want... Because I didn't tell them. I kind of like, I was working at a grocery store, you know, and yeah. going to college. Yeah, but I wanted to try the comedy thing. And then I kind of snuck around doing comedy. Then my sister caught me one day. Oh. She, she, her friends happened to be at the comedy club going out. just, And she was like in the hallway. She's like, well, what are you doing here? Oh. And she goes, yeah. you're doing comedy? And I was like, yeah, you better shut up and don't tell anybody. <laughs> and she goes, you better be funny. <laughs> yes, now yeah. she wants to fucking be an asshole. Right. But yeah, I told my parents. And then they were like, well, you know, that's cool. They weren't like outraged. They were just like, okay, but we thought you were like trying to be like pre-med, da-da-da. And they said, well, well, what are you going to do for backup if it doesn't work? You know, they right. were just thinking that. She You're goes, like well, acting? <laughs> Yeah, they were like, what if it fails? You got to have something to back up. My mother kept doing that. Yeah. And then when I started getting some momentum and started, and then when I had booked a commercial, I booked a McDonald's commercial. Then I was making, you know, when you book a commercial, you make some money. Yeah. I was able to move out. So my uh-huh. father was like, wait a minute, I like this. Yeah. This is good. You know, and then he saw, he started seeing me do little things here and there. And then he started, they were supportive of that. And then it, it was, it was, it was at first like, what? Yeah, well, you still why are you you know? But then yeah, it was all right. Well, to know? be a really good comic, you have to be really smart. Like That's what really, I think. really, really. <laughs> no, you do. You you yeah. you are very smart. So I'm very smart. Do they now? Yeah. Do they see that now? Well, my parents or? aren't around anymore. Oh, unfortunate. Okay. I'm sorry. Gone. Yeah, my mother like 14 years ago. Oh my, my god! Father, like five or six. Yeah, they young. Really. Yeah, not that super old. They weren't like elderly, but they were old. But old not, my yeah. mother was like. My mother's like in her fifties when she because it was leukemia. That's not old. Leukemia. Uh, That's leukemia. really young. Leukemia though, was cancer. What are you gonna do? What was it, what and my father that? died from just I think just being by himself. Aww. I mean, he yeah. missed my mom like a big time. You I'm know. Sure. They say that happens though. Together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that happens though. When you're with somebody a long time and then they go, then you just go, "Hey, I'm out." That's Aww. what I heard. Not me. That's heartbreaking. <laughs> Shut dies, up. I start all over. I die. He won't Brand know what new. to do. He can't Young get out pussy. that door. Young pussy. We're talking like 30 years old. That's Good young. Luck. You mean that that's young pussy now? <laughs> We're talking 75. I'm all good. Wait, so wait, what were your parents like? What was it? like? Your parents, how were they when they moved to the States? Man, my father was like, uh, he had to be like 28, 30, like, like 30, I think, about 30. 30 years old, something like that. Grew up in Nigeria. Like, yeah, yeah, man. 100%. You know, the yeah, only marriage picture of the Nigerian. Do you also. know the only Nigerian I've ever met where I brought you up and said, do you know God? I, and I... The one thing that the, the I don't know how public this is or whatever, but yeah. I, not that it's not or is not, but yeah. um, I used to bring you up on stage if I ever brought you up with your full name, Godfrey Danshima. Yeah, and and I I said to this Nigerian, "Do you know Godfrey Danshima? Do you know who he is?" He said, "No," and I said, uh, "He's a great comedian. You have to know him." And it was uh, Christian Okoya. What? Yeah. It was right when I got my first TV show. Wow, but he wasn't on. listening to comedy like that. Chris Coyer from the Chiefs. Yeah, and I said, you have to know Godfrey. 
And what? I told him your full name, and I said, you have to Google him. You'll love him. You'll love Christian him. Christian Okoye. Yeah. And he, the Nigerian nightmare. He, <laughs> do you want to hear a good Christian Okoye story? So I said to him, I interview him. He went to Azuzu, Azusa Pacific. That, Az- the, the, Azusa Pacific. Yeah, yeah, Azusa Pacific, yeah. He, I interview him, and then we all, uh, right after the interview, everyone was taking pictures. Yeah. And I say to him, oh, fuck. Okay. There goes this I'm story. Out. Okay, all right. There you go. <laughs> all right Let's cut this mic so we don't hear that all right i think oh, that's perfect okay. so i say to christian i go uh everyone's taking pictures and i said yeah. uh i said hey uh we get done then i said a private one just me and him with our shirts off yeah and everyone laughs and christian didn't get the joke he went huh oh that nigerians said, don't know yeah. sarcasm bro and i said i and i saw i'm just joking so then we do get done the show and then everyone was get well, get a picture with him. So everyone's lining up. And then everyone starts walking away. And me and him are the last two people walking off stage. And he grabs me by the arm with that big fucking hand. And he goes, I want to be shirtless with you. And I went, excuse me? And he goes, you said we could be shirtless. And I went, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That was a joke. And then he goes, ha, ha, I got you, funny man. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he got that's good and i went shut the fuck up <laughs> and he had that he was a massive fucking dude yeah but yeah you're the only i i said to him your full fucking name and i was like you need to google him you need to watch him probably not google because if you will ask jeeves at the time wow because i was Godfrey, like you need to ask jeeves him. if you just go godfrey usually the whole name they'll go what that's why yeah. I just stuck with Godfrey because not everybody they say what kind of name is that. I remember like, one time I brought you on stage. You're like, don't, don't even say my last name. It's so fucking. And then then right after that, I worked with the guy who was like, you need to lose the Chrysler. Just be Bert. All anyone knows you as is Bert. But no, the, then Sesame Street. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> and the, they they literally were like, ladies and gentlemen, your feature act. You've seen him on Last Comic Standing. Put Bert. your hands together for Bert. And it just sat silent, Ooh. and everyone's like, Bert, what? Bert Chrysler. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Matt. Okay, we did that. We went boom. Okay, we got Bernie boom, Mac. Boom. We got that. Boom. We got. What oh. was it like? So, what was it like? Ooh, yeah. Like uh, going into the Chicago scene? Yeah. I mean, I won't say you. I, I won't say you're not black. Meaning, like, like, but you're you didn't grow up in Chicago, like, like D. Ray, maybe. No, not at all. Like, that, but I it, knew guys. I went. I I hung. I had friends like him, though. But you were. But but, but you were always. You were. You always held. In my experience with you. Yeah. You always held yourself to a different standard than everybody. Damn right. And and I say that black, white, still skin, Cuban. No, right, 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 right. You've always held yourself to a different standard in the fact that you're not a guy that sits and wastes away your day while playing video games and dicking around and eating cereal. I like to I like to eat cereal. I like to play video games, but I don't sit around doing it all yeah. day. You're super, uh, as far as engaged in life. Engaged, but yeah. Yeah, I like to do other things. Like I say, I guess it's not martial arts, yoga, blah, 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 working yeah. out, you know, going to museums, blah, 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 doing that. Yeah, yeah. As far as like work ethic, I could be better at that. As far as my comedy all, yeah. work ethic, yeah. But if I, like there's that extra extra shit that you see other people do that maybe not be as talented, but the fact that they're doing that extra shit is why they're getting to where they're getting. I'm getting better at that yeah. with the social networking by, you know, collaborating with people being a little smarter about shit it has actually worked because yeah. i've been packing out places that i hadn't been packing out before i'm like yo i fucking sold out what the fuck man i went from good numbers to like oh you sold out what yeah and then people go man those, those the podcasts i listen to you on yo that shit you do on instagram yo that shit you do with rennie this guy named at rennie he's an instagram star the shit you do with king batch 
I'm like, oh, that shit is working. It's yeah. working. And then now motherfuckers are like, and I heard you and Chad, shout out to Chad Zumak, you guys are talking about how the fuck, how come Godfrey isn't at a certain, every, it's like well, that. Everyone said that. Everyone said that about two people when I first started. It was you and Dane Cook. Right when I started. Well, Dane, they like, finally. They were like, but yeah, but, but they were like, Godfrey and Dane are the shoe-ins. You guys are going to be like movie stars in a week. <laughs> but in a weird way, I think it was like the way that, the way that you end up settling with the business of going like, yeah, shit happens for everyone at different times. There's no, it's not a, it's a lottery ticket that's unscratched. Right. Like, like I'm, 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 Dane's gonna be on the podcast in a couple weeks, and I'm, yeah. and I'm not, I'm, I'm <laughs> not trying to, sh- I'm not trying to shit on Dane at all. No, at all. I would never shit on Dane. Dane's experienced things in life I can't wrap my head around. None right. of us can. Right. He's seen parts of this business that we don't even know exist yet. Right. But I will say that, like, that, like, right now in my life where I'm at, I like yeah. the come up. I like, I would, I not, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to be Dane, but like, I don't know about like having the millions and being and selling out Boston Garden and, and going and going. What's next? Like, I don't. There's got to be a little. I know Dane, and I know that Dane yeah. is a guy that drives his own ship. And when he's sitting there rudderless, going like, "What do I want to do next? Like, maybe I want to do a TV show. Maybe I like. Maybe I'll fuck it. I mean." And you got millions, and you're in a mansion in the hills that's gorgeous wow. with a bunch of beautiful women, and you're in great You've shape. You've been to his mansion? Yeah, uh, I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but like, and I'm. By the way, I'm not taking away from Dane at all. I love Dane. I, I've known Dane yeah. a long time. You same way, same here. But like, but like, I never like, roll me, with him. Me though. and you are in the same boat of like, of like, yeah. hey. I'm sure there are people like, well, oh, Burke, I signed for to a deal within doing stand up six months. He'll be a star. And then sometimes you just make a living and you're yeah. and you make a really good living and yeah. you're happy and yeah. you're like and you're sitting in your front yard having a cigar going, I think I'm cool with this. <laughs> like uh, maybe I could call Jim Brewer today. Godfrey's coming over in an hour. Dan's gonna be here in a couple of days. Yeah. Jim Florentine's coming by. I yeah. got a really great life. I'm tech getting texts from Rogan and Segura and Bill Burr. Yeah. Like the funniest motherfuckers in the world are my friends. Right. What what am I looking for? Do I need do I need to be like a Carrie Fisher type, you know, like do I need to be in Star Wars to make this story complete? Because because when that Seven Up deal happened. Yeah, I was, but I I took it for what it was. I was like, it's a commercial, it can come and go. Yeah, I took it for what it was. I was like, oh, it's cool to be part of American culture to host your own product. Like so I've seen some people be spokespersons. I said that. See, a lot of this stuff. You know where a lot of this stuff comes from what? when you get mad because you grow up wanting to be a lot of shit. Like superheroes were like, wow, I I collected comic books. I love Spider Man. I love Batman. And then you go into a business where you got people you see playing Batman. That motherfucker gets to play this guy. This is shit you grew up with. Yeah. Oh my god, voiceovers. Who didn't like cartoons? Yeah. We in a business where we can play a cartoon character. Yeah. But you don't get to yet. You're mad at that shit. Yeah. And then it's like you don't realize when you're growing up, wow, this all looks fun. But now we're in a business you go, "Oh damn." There's a lot of bullshit you got to go through to play Scooby Doo, and there's, a, there's, there's <laughs> you got to pull your pants down in order to be the da 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 da. There's, there's a, lot a lot of, of bullshit. Uh, I don't that I don't have to deal with by, and I, I say this yeah. respectfully. Being white, there's a lot of shit I don't have to deal with. You goddamn! I'm glad you said that, Bert. Thank you. No, but I don't be like that. some white dude that goes, man. It's tough for white guys too. Shut the fuck up. It's t- you guys have to literally go into an office and hold everybody hostage to not get a deal. It's it, it's tough for a white. I'll tell it's you tough what. For, it's yeah, tough for an me. average white guy. What? 
Motherfucker, there's a lot better, of average better, white man, guys sitting check out your there. Microphone. There's a lot average of average white, white guys sitting out there. No, no, there's a lot of average white guys on TV. And there's You're a right lot about of that. Funny, You're right about that. You're there's right about a lot that. of average white men stinking up television. <laughs> You're, you're, Do you hear me? You're, you're pretty right about I'm that. I'm not naming anybody, but, but there's a lot of average white dudes stinking up television, and that breeds more other average white dudes that are arrogant as fuck. That should, and there's a lot of funny, funny ass white dudes that ain't getting shit. But I'm, there not, are, even, the, see, but I'm that, not even speaking up for white dudes because I don't give a fuck about your problems because your problems are <laughs> fucking weird and I don't know what it's about because I don't know what it's like to not be judged because you're of your skin color, but your fucking skill. You yeah. guys are actually judged by your skill level, and you don't even have to have skill level yeah. to make it. There are probably some white dudes right now mad, but I'm like, it's some average white dude angry right now yeah. sitting in his mansion. You know, you feel where I'm coming from. No, look I know at, what you're saying. Look at how a lot of white comics act. Other than the Bill Burrs and the maybe David Tells, David Tell will never complain who's on stage. He don't give a fuck who's on stage. Yeah. I'm David Tell. I'm going to go up after whoever the fuck. Most white comics Most. will be like, who's up there? Oh, no, there's a black comic. I don't know what to do. White problems because they always want the sweet spot. We always – we're like in the back of the bus fucking comedically. We always got to be the last – I'm just saying. No. So white dudes always get the sweet – even when they – they even book racially. Bookers be like, yeah, we're going to put this guy – before you can this guy go up before you got for sure no problem bill burr don't give a fuck no certain ones don't give a fuck look at a david tell and those guys they don't always get all the tv shows they, they're the ones that are usually the funniest ones yeah but these average ass pansy ass comics that are fucking milk toast they get everything and then they walk into a club like they're the shit i know, I know who you're talking and about. they make sure they get their asses on stage <laughs> before i get there <laughs> or not, you know, yeah, you, you no, feel I know where exa- I'm coming yeah. from. I know exactly. And now look, I'm going to look like I'm the bitter guy. I don't give a fuck. Not, no, there's. I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you the the, the frustration. Yeah. I realized it in Chicago playing at the at the Sean where I was headlining. I was Schaumburg. probably 33 years old. Yeah. The guy featuring for me, Chicago comic. His name's Kevin, not Kevin Frazier. Kevin something. I wish I remembered his name. I really do. Yeah. Very nice guy. Black dude. Yeah. Uh, braces. I don't even. At the time. Uh, very funny. Yeah. I only have interacted with him a couple other times. Mm-hmm. One time was on this fucking horrible radio show I did because yeah. I liked Opie and Anthony and the fucking guy knew Opie and, and it was a fucking nightmare and the guy felt bad for me. Right. But the guy said to me, he was a little older than me and he was like, I want to say his name is Kevin Frazier or Kevin McDonald or something like that. But he goes, uh, very candidly, he was blowing me off stage. Right. Very candidly. And we all knew it. Tony Tony Saldino or right. Tony Baldino knew it. The owner, he yeah. knew it. I knew it. The host yeah. knew it. We all knew it. Yeah. And I was struggling all week. And like Saturday early show, <laughs> he said, uh, he goes, you know, I'm I'm just curious. Like, how did you become a headliner? Like, not being a dick. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I don't know, man. I was what like, the fuck. And I was like, Are you getting more money than me? I was like, and I was I was real. I was like, yeah. there's a pretty white community. You're destroying pretty hard because they don't like they've never they don't really go to see black comedy. But like but he but was he, just but he, funny. But he, but he he wasn't doing black comedy. He was just doing a black com- dude. He was just funny. And I and I go and I said to him I said and this is no shake on Tony Baldino. He did not say this. No. I'm telling this to this mm-hmm, guy mm-hmm. Kevin. I said uh, I think it would be hard for them to put your picture on the marquee and people to show up around here. That's disgusting. If you if they but it's true. But it's true. It's, no, you. you if listen. they put my face on the marquee, they'll come. People go. 
hey, what are you doing tonight? Nah, let's let's roll the dice. But right. if you put his face up, and he was not dirty, no, he wasn't but that's like just just, just racial. You just shit. see that's, his face. They racial go, profiled him, and they go, oh, that's not that night's not for us. That's for them. That's for them. And that yeah, that's and Chicago. I went, and hey, I went, I, that that's not to the world. That's the that's, that's the, the United States. Of listen, listen, it's no different than. Like when you see when you go overseas or and you go to the duty free, you see all the colognes are all uh, advertised by white people. Yeah, I mean, you mean it? You didn't know that? I didn't, Charlie until Stara, you just said all that. white. Until you just said it's that. All white actors in duty free. I walked through there fucking wanting to kick these fucking pictures off. Oh, so on. you mean to tell me that if you saw Denzel Washington with a Tag Heuer watch or a Rolex, you wouldn't want to fucking buy one? But if you saw, you should, but I will tell you what. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Saw like Snoop Dogg cologne, I'd be like, I don't want to smell like that. But that's but yeah, but that's Snoop Dogg cologne. But like, it, there's a difference. But if you saw, what there's a there's a difference in between wanting to smell like Brad Pitt and wanting to smell like fucking old dirty bastard. But yo, but see, but that's putting up a fucking rap star. I'm talking about. A, a, a classy actor. If Denzel's I saw Cindy, different. Denzel's right. Denzel but, 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 is probably in but, the but mix. But sometimes of that. they'll do that. They'll go, yeah, Brad Pitt, and you put fucking Snoop Dogg. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that wouldn't make sense. But if sense. it was Snoop Dogg, a Snoop Dogg fucking Cavassier, some shit, people are gonna buy that shit. There but is, I'm saying, but the, I'm saying, if you're yeah. putting cologne, why the fuck would you put Snoop Dogg? Put Denzel Washington. Put Don Cheadle. Put fucking some cool black actors. Sidney Poitier in a suit. Yeah. Yeah. Don't put our classy people. Don't put our fucking. Don't put the uh, little Wayne. You want him to fucking? <laughs> come on, that's not fair. I smell like cough syrup. Yeah, Charlie Steron, or you put fucking. Um, it is um, precious. Get and the those, fuck out and of those here. are the, the those are the 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 things that I find that I I find racism, and I think it's as being a comic, yeah. I'm a contrarian immediately. I look I look for the things I find racism in. I think is where racism like really exists. Where really exists? Where is it? Exist? Like number one, this is the one I, thing that's killing me right now. What's that? Is uh, we uh, we may agree on this or may not, and this isn't about we black or white. It's about I hope we sexuality. Okay, it's um, they the big stink in Alabama was that uh, they were Beauty and the Beast. They were going to have the first gay character, okay, uh, Gaston, yeah. okay. who's going to be gay, okay, by, played by Josh Gad. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I'm on both sides of the fence. Oddly yeah. enough, I find that I do find it to be a tad bit ridiculous that a parent of a five-year-old would have to explain homosexuality to his kid after just going to see a movie. I, I do see that. I do see that Christian right so, parents. So, so Beauty and Beast was going to have a gay, so was the story going to change? No, but he this character who I think has been like closeted gay, yeah. that, that's the joke. Okay. Now he's going to be openly gay. It's, it's on, in the movie, in the movie, yeah, he's going to be like not like making out with dudes, but definitely dancing with dudes and being attracted to dudes. And there's going to be some okay. jokes where homosexuality is the thing, right? So I do understand that parents' um, perspective because I didn't want to have that conversation with my daughters. Not right. that I do right. or don't, but I like I was like, how gay are we going here? Like, so then, so then I watched it, right? And I went, oh, it's not that bad. However, the joke was that he was gay. So the it was the same as blackface, it was gay face. Meaning like, <laughs> meaning like, meaning like, like the guy gay got dressed face. up. The girl guy got dressed up in girl clothes, 
and then that was the joke is that yeah, he, liked, but I- he liked being dressed as a girl. Or they two guys danced together, and the fact that there were two men dancing together, that was the joke. Well, and that bothered but, but me because I went... But the gay thing was... it's black. That's not a good comparison. Okay. Because blackface was ridicule of black people. That's this not is, the ridicule the, of gays. That's not the ridicule. To, to, but no, the joke... The, it's, it's actually not. But what, what, about, what, about, what about this? What about this? Gay. It's just it's we who are looking at it are ridiculing it, but they are not definitely not making a joke of the of gay community because they would not dare because the gay community is powerful. The gay community is. I mean, Hollywood has a strong gay community. They ain't gonna let that shit happen. They're introducing a gay character, but it's we who are looking at it as a joke because we're like, what? Beauty and the Beast, you don't understand? That's fascinating. Exactly. The okay. people who are inside are definitely not introducing it I as a, a joke because okay. would, they would shut this shit down. So then, so then, then Broadway? What? Are you kidding? This is a Broadway play. Yeah. Gays and Broadway go hand in hand. So wait, they walk me through it. this then. So yeah. then, it, so then it, I started whittling it down. Yeah. And like uh, obsessive, compulsive, comic brain. I'm laying in bed trying to figure out a yeah. joke about this. And I started going... Key and Peele had ch- jokes, like jokes, uh-huh. where the just the joke was they were two gay dudes. Right? They were like, "We're just gay," and that's right. the they were not. It wasn't like a complex series of jokes. It was yeah. just like, "We're gay." That's the bit. Right? Is two gay men are washing a car or whatever. Right. I don't know what their jokes were, right. but like, but like so, but like, but like then then blackface because I, I kept comparing it to blackface. Nah, you can't. So when so, gays compare, you cannot compare being black to being gay. I hate when they do that. Now, discrimination is the thing that they, they 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 can relate to us. Oh, I've been discriminated against, but there are a lot of racism in the gay community. You know what I mean? Like if you're a gay white dude, let's say you're gay, you're still going to benefit from the fact that you're white. You can actually, there's a lot of gay people that have hidden the fact that they were gay and benefited as a heterosexual white person. And then as soon as they get all the money they got to get, then they come out. They go, well, I got my money. No. So no, 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 I'm just curious. A black person is judged whether they're gay or not for their color. Yeah. Because let's say like the fashion community, right? Yeah. Fashion community is the most racist fucking community on the planet. Look at how they treat black models, Asian models. They'll have like one black girl and 900 white models. because yeah. and, it's, and it's white men that run it. Gay white men. Yeah. And gay white men will say, my, my cousin was a model. She would literally tell me what these gay dudes would tell her. Oh, we have a black one already. This is a gay person telling her this. A black one already. Oh, a black model already. We have a black one. We don't. These are gay people telling her this. Remember this. And these Holy are the same shit. people that say it's just like being black. No, it's not. No, it's not. There's discrimination no, there, is the similarity. Discrimination is the similarity. Like, it's not cool to, dis- okay. d- to discriminate against anybody. That's not cool. But when you're white, whites, no matter whether they're gay or not, they have discriminated against people of color. And that is a fact. J. Edgar Hoover was a homosexual. You didn't know that? Well, I knew I had heard it. But no, heard it. No, but see, that's, that's one of those truth. things. That's one of those things that you go, is that folklore or is no, that no, real? It's real. Is the gerbil in the ass a real, you know? It's real. Really? Yeah. When when DiCaprio played him, he had a, a lover in the movie. When, when, um, Hoss, Hopskin, Hoss, Hopskin, was it Hop, in, in JFK? Remember JFK, the movie? Yeah. With, um, Kevin Cosner? Remember he had the gay service boy he was messing with? Yeah, it's real. Really? So, J. Edgar Hoover, if gay. Being gay and being black is the same. J. Edgar Hoover would have spared Martin Luther King's life. He would have spared Malcolm X's life. He would have spared Medgar Evers' life. He would have spared the Black Panther. There would have been an he umbrella would have cared of about black people. Yeah, 
but he didn't like black folk and he was gay and white male. So then so, so racism then, and racism and being gay do not go parallel. So sexism and black and race go parallel because women are judged for what they look like. But even that white women can still be racist against women of colors, too. So because you still have that white privilege. That what's, what's more? What's more acceptable to you to hear a joke? Is it to hear? I, a, I, no, 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 no. I meant, I meant, I meant like, yeah, uh, okay. like. Let, let's 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 yeah. take it back two yeah. steps. Yeah. If you saw Ted Danson in blackface, that was fucked up. So t- walk well, me through. Gerber, she was doing. He was doing it with Whoopi Goldberg. I didn't know what the joke. As a was. white guy, I have so dis such a disconnect to it. Like I just go. Well, you should. I don't. Be I, don't I just because you don't know what it's like. Yeah, I'm just like but I'm like should, I don't get you it. Just shouldn't do that shit. Yeah. Just don't fucking do it. Yeah. But here's the problem. Like in 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 Amsterdam, there's a, a, a you know Santa Claus. It's called Santa Claus. He's Santa Claus, and Swartepita. You know Swartepita is. No. He has black helpers. That's in, this is no. This is Amsterdam, Dutch folklore. Santa Claus and Swartepita. Even Tony Woods told me about it before I got there. And I got there. And he has these helpers that go through the chimney. And they turn black from the soot. And they help him give toys. Black Peters. Every year during Christmas they have a parade. Where they have a Santa Claus and white people in blackface. And they say it's culture. It's culture. When I was working in Walgreens. I worked at Walgreens in Chicago. I worked yeah. in the liquor department. It was Halloween. And this dude walks in in blackface and a dreads. And I say, who are you, man? I, I, I was mad because I was already militant from, from college. Yeah. I said, who are you? He goes, I'm Bob Marley. I said, You're, I said, Bob's not even that dark. Why do you got that shit on your face? I said, Bob Marley is like, he really meant a lot to black people in the freedom. Of, and you're wearing blackface. <laughs> yeah. Bob Marley would beat your ass if he saw you. And the guy goes, I don't give a fuck. And I took a bottle. and I was about to throw it and hit him in his motherfucking face. And my and this guy Mohammed, who looked just like Saddam Hussein, he said, Godfrey, don't do it. I said, I'm gonna fuck this dude up if you don't get the fuck out this store with that blackface. Yeah, I, I was gonna Blackface was him. blackface was a legit yeah. Halloween costume f- until until nineteen ninety five. There's still people that do it and they think the shit is funny. Now, now now here's an example, like Thunder, what's the Thunder thing when Robert Downey played a black man. That was dope. That wasn't blackface because he looked like a black dude. Okay. That's different. Okay, blackface so I'm gonna was Al I'm, Jolson. Right now, right now, you're I wish Jamie Jamie Kennedy and and Stu Stone. I wish you were listening to this. I hope you're listening to this. Jamie Kennedy and Stu Stone. Do you know you know Jamie Kennedy, right? I, I know him a little bit. I'm, I'm not super friends with him, but he's I know a nice who he is. guy. He's yeah, great. yeah, yeah. He's I mean, cool. He was yeah. very cool. And Stu Stone. They had a show called Blown Up. Yeah. And they dressed it. it I, I think they would agree with this. It derailed their career a tad bit they, for a they, while. They dressed in blackface? Godfrey, I swear to you all my children, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so they do it with Tracy Morgan. They're, see, and they're, and they're, see that? And, they're, and, they, and Jamie's going to dress as a black guy to play a role as a black guy. Right. And he dresses, and Stu's like, you look really good, man. That you, I didn't even know that was you. And did then, he look like a black person? Or, uh, like, or he looked like Daryl Strawberry. He looked like Daryl Strawberry. But did like, he look... But it's he, prosthetics. It's see, it is. But, but that's different, though. So so wait, hold that's on, hold different. on, hold on. If it's Here's prosthetics, where, and you're really <laughs> trying to look like. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Oh, By the way, I've like, talked about this so much, and here and I goes. will say it to you on yeah. my children, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in yeah, my okay. life. Okay, go ahead. So Tracy Morgan tells Jamie and Stu, "You guys want to be rappers? The whole premise is they want to be rappers. Right. You want to be rappers? What you should do is dress in full prosthetics as black men, go on stage as black men, right. and see if your li- rhymes are legit." Right. So Jamie's like, that sounds like a great idea. Okay. So Stu Stone goes in and he comes 
out looking like cool, dirty bastard. It looks, all they've got is the leftover prosthetics. He looks like a runaway slave. It's so bad. It's so bad. But but they go down. But it's the best part is they're driving in their car, and it's just the two of them, two white guys, and they're going, this is a horrible idea. So, it's so funny. But I believe, listen. But, it, but, it, but Stu but and listen, Jamie will both say it derailed I, their career. I'm sure it's funny as hell. Listen. Oh, it's not, so listen, funny. Listen, I'm not saying it's not funny. Yeah. But I'm saying as far as representation, yeah. it's like it's fucked up. It's demeaning. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not funny. Yeah. Separate that. Yeah. As far as. Because they even said it's not a good idea. They even said it like they're no, saying it out loud. This is a really of they, course, and they're like, "We're going to Long Beach." Isn't that where Snoop yeah. grew up? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I get that. Yeah, but it's as far as what it represented, demeaning black people. What black people had to go through in the past, they still sell that artwork. You know, there's dolls, pickaninnies oh. that people in in Japan. All the they they have them in their houses. They yeah. go, "Well, this is history." I say, "Well." It's almost like you see black people like that. You know what I mean? You see black people in that image because our image of beauty has always been fucking put down. That's why everybody's trying to look white. That's why the, the, the image of beauty has always been, you know, li- the lighter you are, the better you are. The closer to white, the better you are. You know, being dark was like a fucking a curse. It happens in the Indian community. You see Bollywood is all the light-skinned fucking Indians. The Latin people try to, they try to, you know, bleaching skin is a big deal. So that whole picking anything it's such it's like it's like making fun of Jews, man. Like if you bring up the hol- if you say Hitler, motherfucker, that sentence better be right cuz they'll be like, "Nah, we don't like what you said." Look at what Pence but, said today. I what well, was yeah, it Pence or whatever no, or, or Spicer whatever said, Spicer, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trying to make a point, but he fumbled because you because the Jewish people are so sensitive about Hitler that people fumble and get nervous, but black people should be that same way. That if yeah. you bring up blackface, there should be a point where you're like, you're going to get your ass whooped. Fuck yeah. that. We, but we need to be like that. But do you Just do, like no. Jews are very sensitive about that Holocaust, which they have every right to be, the same way with slavery, the same way with picking any shit, the way, same way with cooning, we should be the same fucking way. But the problem is a lot of us let people do that shit around them. No. I'm the type of dude, see, maybe... Maybe um, that's why I don't know. I don't know what people consider me in this business. I just think I'm a funny comic and I mind my business. But you ain't doing that shit around me. Fuck that. There's a couple. There's a couple. You know I mean? There's a, not a couple guys. I don't what think I know it? one dude. There's nothing you, wrong with having a little fucking dignity, bro. No, there's, there's nothing n- wrong with that. Can I tell and you? It's like you get cursed for having some dignity. The Fuck people. First you- person I saw that get that got cursed for having dignity was Donnell Rollins. Donnell, he, he, he's going to have dignity, whether he, you like it or not. Man, what I watched him. We were doing the show, uh, Reality Bites Back, and they wanted us to dress in gay leathers. Was, and me, Theo Vaughn, Mo Mandel, Chris Fairbanks, all thrown on gay leathers. We don't give a fuck. We're, we're in a weird way. In white culture, that is our favorite no, thing to no, do is be gay. We love doing gay shit. Grab we love ball, being twi- gay. Twisting nipples. You guys like to twist nipples. <laughs> and you guys like to smack each other in towels with your booty out. And Donnell <laughs> and Red Grant would not, not do it. That's right. And, the, and Donnell's <laughs> like, I'm not about that gay shit, son. He goes... <laughs> He he put on. He goes. I'll put the shit on, but I got my clothes under it. So he had jeans on with like leather pants and a full collar shirt with a fucking leather. And he was like, "I'm not doing that gay shit." And he was very adamant. And I remember them going, "You're sounding homophobic." And he goes, "I'm not homophobic. 
You're just not going to make me look gay. I'm not wow. going to look gay. And they try to throw that homophobic. See, yeah. my thing is this: I'm not homophobic either, man. Yeah. I don't. I'm. I'm telling you, I, I have. Friends. I've known you too long. You're not. I've there's no. Long, there's man. no part of you. Man. We've all partied with so many people. Yeah, man. No I one gives hug. a fuck. I gave a hug. What's up? But but if I go, hey, man, I don't go that way. That doesn't mean I'm homophobic. You, you, I'm, I'm, I'm wired as a heterosexual. Yeah. Let me be that. Quit throwing the homophobia shit at me. I'm yeah. not homophobic. I respect how you live. I respect you. Yeah. In fact, my neighborhood I live in is mainly gay. In the Hell's Kitchen in New I'm, York. I'm sending an address to someone. Yeah, that's fine. And I those are the and those are actually ago. the better neighborhoods. The gay neighborhoods are yeah. actually better. They got better shit. I'm not homophobic just because I do not want to do the things you do sexually do not try to throw that shit on me i don't do and i will defend if i see somebody that's gay getting fucked with i'll defend them if they're my friend i'll be like yo what the fuck you can't you know what i'm saying yeah but i understand what donnell was saying is he he's like i don't i don't feel comfortable dressing that way that's all he was saying but the fact that he said i ain't with that gay shit the way he said it he should have said it a different way like hey man i don't feel comfortable dressing like that not yeah. saying, you know, you can do you. I don't mind, but that's how he should have said it. But you can't go, yo, I ain't with that gay shit. Matt, that's Shuler, how, Matt that's Shuler's on his way over, by the way. Get the fuck out of I here. I swear to God. Matt Get out of here. on his way over. Damn. Uh, him and Shane Moss are doing a documentary about uh, psychedelics, and uh, I've obviously partied. So That's we're gonna... so dope. They're coming over. How long? Man, can I tell you what I love What's, about you is that, that? You, you, you don't have a problem telling your opinion to people. Like it's no, it's I a don't. thing I respect about Joe. It's a thing I respect about Marin. It's a thing I respect about like the guys I look up to. I go, you know who you are, and you're cool being who you are. And you're like, fuck it, man. This is my pirate ship. It it's took, a Corolla. It took, it took a while because I was yeah. You know how you want to be like you want to satisfy everybody. We when we were young, you're like yo, and your, yeah. your managers say, remember how old are you? Did it? Guess forty seven. No, forty-seven. Yes, yes. I was say forty-six. I know you're a little bit older than me, but not much older than me. right. And like, I said, and I said, I used to be like, "Hey, man, I wanted, I wanted everybody to accept me." It's normal. Your your agents tell you, your managers tell you, "Hey, don't do this, don't rock the boat." Blah blah uh, blah. But 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 okay. But isn't that what your parents tell you? Yeah. Be careful, do this. But then when you get a certain old age, you go, "I, I think this way, Ma, Dad, just leave me alone." Dude. No different. And now I learned finally. I learned to fucking because I was told I was being a fucking idiot and being ridiculous. And I was told I was being right, Kim. Remember, <laughs> I was told I was just I had my head in my ass. And then finally, I was like, you know what? <laughs> uh, by you. And, uh, and, and, you know, and I would get mad at that. I would be like, yo, fuck that shit. Don't be talking to me. I would get mad because yeah. ego shit. I was like, no, you don't fucking tell me that shit. She, and then she'd be like, I'm just telling you, you are being a fucking idiot. And I'd be like, no, fuck that shit. And we'd have fights, fights, fights. Then you realize, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It doesn't even matter whether I'm being, um, obsequious or not. Hey, if I just be myself. You know, I pretty much the same shit's happening regardless. So yeah. why don't I be myself? You know, and I was, I'm not, and now I'm better in meetings. I don't, I don't fucking lollygag in meetings. I mean, it's okay to be charming, but it's not like, oh, please give me a job. I'm like, yo, you have sequious in a month. I, I was being that because I thought that was the way to be. But now I'm Man. not, listen, I'm not, I don't, I'm not in a, in a meeting being a dick. 
there was a time where I was being mad negative. I'm being a but dick. I'm, I'm, listen, but I'm being, I'm balancing it out where I'm just like getting cut. I want to get to where you are. I'm not, I'm in a place where I walk into a meeting and I, I want to smash. I go, I don't need your money. <laughs> My manager's like, what the fuck are you doing? We need their money. Sometimes I want to come into a meeting and smash somebody over the head with a chair because I go, you really, really are questioning what the fuck I can do. You was you last night. You saw me on stage. You just saw me, and you and just because it's morning time and we're in your office, you don't know what the fuck I can do. I'd be wanting to fucking strangle somebody, man. But I'm like, now I get to the point. I go, hey, man, I just want to know why you why did you call me in? I I want to I want to contribute. I but you know my style. What can I do? Are you gonna you gonna you, give me a show? You gonna give me money to do a show? What do you want to do? I you know. That's the, I, the, the, the million dollar question. I want to do what the fuck I want to do and be successful at it. I want to create my own shit with people who believe in me and back it up with some money. So That's my buddy, it. my buddy, Dan Adler listens to every single one of these podcasts. He's a big producer, but it's, it's single. Hey, Dan, not, what's up? Single camera, single camera, hosted That's reality, hosted shit. reality. I don't give a fuck. Like, but no, but what would you want to do in that? In that? What would like, I want to do? Because you, I'd love to. I would do some like cult because I'm, you know, I'm a culture man. Yeah, I would love to do. I like to keep it real. I would love to do some shit where I'm in this. Like, I love New York so much. Yeah, I would love to go to different places, like to go to different places and to really ask the questions, and with a with a comedic edge, with a yeah. real comedic edge, not some fucking pansy shit. Yeah, you know. I, I really do want to get inside of a of a of a Nazi a Nazi dude a one on one with a Nazi dude and ask him. Yo, You're what? too smart for that, man. What? Only that you'd run laps around that dude. Like I'm like like but there's that, but, you, the problem with you, Godfrey, is that you are you are too fucking smart. What? You're too. But if like, I were white, would I be too smart? Yeah. Be honest. Yeah. You know what they're called? What? Really? That's Todd Berry. I can't have Todd Berry like like it's Rogan. Rogan like. When I watch Rogan do when he did uh, Joe Rogan questions everything, yeah, I watched his eyes wander and go like, I'd watch the guy answer and I go, Rogan's already on to the next question. He's got like nineteen more questions. This guy's already, I've already answered this guy's questions, dude. You're like Rogan, man. Like there, there's, there's, there are guys like you that I go, I don't know why, why you just don't do a single podcast like Burr where it's just you ranting every day. I might have to do that. You no, I'm, not not might have to. You have to, it. man, because. I'm telling you when so, I say so, this. What, I'm a smart right. dude. I'm a okay, smart give dude. Me a question. You know, here's something. Shoot. Here's something because you obviously you you're back at me. You obviously speak well of me. Uh, oh, it's my stuff. entire my entire okay, career. Okay, now I'm not going to front, but I approached some people who have their podcast companies, and I said, "Man, I'm thinking about blah blah blah." They were a little bit like, mm, like kind of blew me off. Man, Don't, I want to tell you, I'm not going to tell you on the podcast. Kind of blew me off, and I was a little disappointed because okay. I go, "I've known you for a long fucking time, bro." And you're in a position where I've seen you're accepting certain people. What about me? I have my own voice. Uh, listen, I got some people that are looking out for me, but I'm like, I was very disappointed because I was like, let me go and see what they would say if I was thinking about doing it. Kind of like, I was like, is it an intimidation? I'm like, I'm not trying to take over your shit. I just want no. a fucking medium where I can just somebody to support me so Look, I can do my thing and build my own shit. The truth is, uh, when I got into this, yeah. I, I think I think I'm in like a little bit of an OG in the podcasting game. Yeah, it was back in the day where you had to call a couple people to figure out how to do a podcast. Right. I would not. I would personally never do a podcast with anyone. I talked to someone the other day. Once again, we won't say names. Yeah. But they were, he was like, "I'm waiting for my plot, my podcast deal to clear so that I can start it." And I went, "What? You start it tomorrow." 
all I have, this podcast is this. It's this. This thing costs like 300 bucks. Yeah. These, I, they're nice mics. Not really nice. I but got like, two mics. I got do, mics. $100 mics. Yeah. We got these XLR cables and an SD card. That's it. That's it. And so, and I'm not saying like, I don't know who you're talking about. I'm sure I know them. I'm sure our friends with them. Yeah. Fuck them. You start your own podcast. Just start it. Come out. Do my come out whenever you're in LA. Whenever you're, I can do yours again. Always, always, yeah. dude. I can talk to you for hours. Dude, come good. do a podcast with me. Do a podcast with everyone. I tr- every do everyone. I do Scalar Todd Bro- Glasses. Listen, I did Scalar Bros. One of the biggest podcasts in I the did country. Scalar Brothers. Yeah, Jason and Randy. I've known him for a long time, dude. Boom, I did that. You were on Three uh, H. Three H. What was the name of their TV show? Three yeah, M. Apartment Two F. Two F. With with, with Galifianakis. Fuck yeah, with I remember Gal- that. Fuck man, you remember? You got a great. Memory. I got, dude. I told you, I came into this as a fan. Your memory. I'm is, a fan more yeah. than anything. And so that's look. I, I love you. I love you as a brother, as a right. comic, as yeah. like a the things we've been through yeah. in this business. Long time. More than anything, man, you make me laugh. That's the only reason hey, you're here, man. That's and, the only reason Chad you're here. You're funny. Well, Chad is one of my good friends. Yeah. And Chad was. You guys were talking and say, hey, how come? Godfrey's not at the and, – and they said – somebody called me and said, you know, Greg Fitzsimmons did an episode of why Godfrey isn't famous. He said, here's something that fu- – and, you know, Greg is a sarcastic, He's real, a motherfucker. real motherfucker. And he goes, here's something that fucking boggles me. How the fuck this guy isn't bigger than – but and, and, and here's another thing. I, I fought myself by making bad moves, bad moves. I, no, no, no. No, listen. I fought myself too there's, for making some bad moves with – Stupid representation, doing dumb shit. I got that. I'm out of that though now. Yeah. And and you know what? The thing about our game is, the older you get, the better you get at this shit. You got to make sure your business shit gets better though. Start, but the older you get, the you better something. you get. Nobody's 20 years old and becoming a phenomenal comic. That's what we we don't have to worry about. Dan Adler is going to call me. Uh, I'm going to release this tonight. I'm going to post this in a little. In a Tell few Dan minutes. I want to do some. Dan Adler. Does he know who I am? Maybe he, not. Well, no, now he does. But he, let me tell you something. He texts me after every one of these podcasts, and he goes, "I like that guy. What's the deal? Uh, what? Tell him to come on in. No, come, come tell him in. to come on in. Is Matt if with she, him? She, Who's here? No, it's not Shane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell Shane to come back. Um, uh, Dan is gonna listen to this, and he's gonna go. What's his deal? And I'll I text him. I'm pretty honest with him. I've known him a long time. Is the guy that introduced me to Travel Channel. Mm-hmm. He is up. he is a, a great right. dude, and he's got and he's got the eye. Like you always go, like what does a producer do? And here's a handful thing. of dudes. Here's that is like yeah. Not a lot of African American dudes are like have a really cool like they're hosting their own shows. You know, there's ne- they never pick and I and I know I can- they don't because the second they do, everyone goes so. What's the deal with this show? Like you're right, you're right about this, man. It's, like it's, I'm, it's look, the, I'll, I'll, I'll be the backer of go. where racism comes from to the yeah, day what, I die. Because it's it's these yeah. fucking people. It, no, it's just it's just seeing a black face and going going. So where are they taking these people? Like why? What is this? Isn't regular? This is different. It's 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 white people's. Just it's the fucking you know. Chris Rock said it best. He goes, you know, did he, say he it goes, best? he did say it okay, best when ahead. he said. Uh, Laura Michael isn't racist, uh, and and neither is Adam Sandler. But I will tell you that 
I know for a fact that Adam Sandler and Laura Michael had a dialogue that I did not know how to have when I was in that room. Like they had an, a shorthand that was between the two of them as two white people that I didn't know I wasn't a part of. What? And it's just like that they knew how to talk as two white guys because Adam Sandler had a dad that looked like him and that he had a son that looked like him or whatever it was. And it was like really mind blowing. I went, it's that shorthand. It's the shorthand of like, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Like it was the shorthand of like, of like, of like two black guys. When you guys see each other in the mall and you pass by and you head Dude, nod, head you nod. Go, yeah, you that's know a that shorthand. Co- you know where that comes that, that comes from? You go, what's up? Because you go, white folks, yep. You go, because what's really sad, this is when you know, <laughs> when people, I like when people say, things are changing. I go, how come every time I go around the world, I get the same report from a black person? <laughs> you know how white folks are. You know how they are. Yeah. From all over the world, yeah. obviously nothing's fucking changing. If every yeah. black person you see is going, you know, yeah, we all have the same stories of racism, no matter whether it's subtle or whatever. Even in Europe, where they say it doesn't happen, that's where it fucking started. That's the headquarters. Do they throw hatred. bananas at black players? On I the fucking, know that fucking blows me away. Yeah, but I'm not surprised. You're going to throw. This is what I'm saying. Most racist people are punks anyway. They're bitch made people anyway. Yeah. You're going to throw a banana. You're one. There's one black player and twenty thousand people. Really. You, it takes that many people to fight one. Why don't you go, one person, go up to that fucking supreme athlete and give him the banana yourself and see what happens? Yeah. Give him the banana. I, I'm saying let's make racism fun, Bert. <laughs> I guarantee you if – That's your show. That's your show. If, if, let's make, make racism, racism fun. <laughs> let's if make more, racism fun. If more racists would one-on-one challenge people, I guarantee you racism would change. If, if they do it in groups where it's unfair, I say, man, hey, man, like if people go, I want a race war. OK, then what you do is you get 10 of your friends. I'll get 10 of my fucking angry ass black friends. And then we fight it out. And I guarantee you this shit would change. I tell you everybody what, tell be you like, what. you know what? Racism isn't worth it, man. You right. I said, let us beat each other up fairly. And have a, and you know what and you know yeah. what and this would never happen yeah. but this is my idealistic yeah. brain yeah. have a beer afterwards let's all let's all let's all have a fist fight and then go have to a, a bar and then and then and then go to a bar like they used to in the fifties and go man that was fucked up holy shit that was lopsided I don't know about the fifties or no, so. maybe the because yeah, yeah, still hated in the fi- no thirty why are you going back dude no I'm looking at Rumble Fish you remember the old days where like <laughs> it's a Rumble no chains no steals no no knives you know it's like sports what? where they kept us out of it but then we beat them so badly when they they went one-on-one with us they oh. had to let us in same shit same that's the shit. one of the things that i go Dude, we just got deep go ahead no the, the, the it's the truth though that yeah it's so funny that white people didn't let black people into sports for so long and then we and and you couldn't even be better than us at it you had a fucking 60 year jump i wish it was back there a little bit a little bit just so i could compete I can't compete at all. I mean, it's so bad. I could like what it's happened like, to the days like, when like, I had a jumper? It's like it's like it's like it's like I used to be s- able to go to the hole. <laughs> I know you can't do that anymore, dude. I remember. I remember the day the day I was told I was white was this dude named Brucey. Right. Brucey knows me. Uh-huh. He listens to this podcast. Yeah. He just tweeted mm. that he goes. He goes. Uh, apparently, you're talking about my swing. Because he had a beautiful swing. He went to University Baseball? of Miami. Yeah. He yeah. went to University of Miami. I played against him in high school. Yeah. He was the one guy that you will say, I don't, I don't. there's not a racist alive that could ever say anything negative about this guy's swing. That guy's swing was so beautiful. Like almost like strawberries? 
Better than Daryl Strawberries? I would argue better. Better than Daryl Strawberries? Brucey, I, <laughs> can everyone hit up Brucey? I know he listens to this. Better it's, than Robinson I'm, Cano? This swing was mm. so gorgeous from his hip pocket to his to his collar. Wow. Just so beautiful. Oof. But Brucey and I played basketball against each other. We went to, I think he we went to St. Joseph's. Right. And, uh, I, and <laughs> it was the time I realized, I mean, Eric Nupple's dad said, uh, it's because you're white. Just don't worry about it. It's because you're white. It's like you're never going to be able to play against this kid. Wow. He stuffed me maybe 15 times. Like he was so much better at sports than I was right. that I was like, and I was really good at sports, but I was like, there's a fucking difference. There's a legit difference here. <laughs> Priscilla yeah, but- starts looking in. But but like this ki- this guy, Brucey, he just tweeted me on Twitter and he's like, I heard you were talking about my swing. It was that good that I've talked about it numerous times on this podcast. His swing was so beautiful. Yeah. You think it's because he was black? Just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, well, no. I, no, 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 no. I will tell you. I will tell really you. nice swings. But Cam Lazara. Cam Lazara. If it's because he's black, I'll go yes. Because Cam I Lazera, always want to be on top of. I Cam always want to be superior. Cam Lazara had a beautiful swing. <laughs> but let me tell you, Mark something. Grace did too. I, I have to. I have to. I have to give this a genetic advantage to Brucey and going no. because you were black. You were just so. There was something really beautiful about it, like the way, like it's like the way you saw Michael Jackson dance, and you were like, "White guys don't dance like that." No, they don't. Because and, and there's no, something. No, but there is. A, we listen. We're rhythmic people. We started rhythm. We created music. We created rock and roll. Yeah. We created every kind of cool ass American fucking. And then you know, it, 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 most of the people that white. Artists learn from are poor as fuck and they're like, wealthy as shit. How about this? We how about created, this? But we created it. Take a look. Take a look. I'll tell you two two similar examples. Yes. Ready? You think people? Pete Rose versus Rod Carew. Ooh, Rod Carew. But Pete Rose hit the most hits. It doesn't Rod matter. Rod Carew had a sweeter swing. Right? Yeah. And way you better. Have, you have to say to Rod you have Carew, to say, but not that because, is genetic. What? That comes. The, that comes from the people. That is we're, that we're, Rod Carew but we're, stance listen, and swing was so but listen, pretty. But we're really we're cooler people though, right? And you look at we're Pete cooler, Rose and just I know roughed and, and rough, with a hard helmet tight. like a but black uh, dude, clock but, in. But black people are we're cooler. Let's think. Come on, we just are. Yeah, and I know you're white. People listening are getting mad. No, no one's getting mad. No, I, I'm, everyone, I, I just, everyone, I'm talking shit. Yeah, no, they're, really they're, dude, they love. This is the kind of conversation. That my fans love. It's but just but most dudes. white dudes are cool because they learn from black people. Yeah. Most of the times you hear, like you go, why do I love Mick Jagger? Well, Mick Jagger, his whole career is based off of black music. Yeah. Why do I like Led Zeppelin? Robert Plant's whole career is based off of black music. The Who, it's all, I've seen all the documentaries. The Bee Gees didn't make it until they started singing like Led black Led Zeppelin people. stole, uh, they, specifically yeah. from black artists. Uh, specifically. No, no, no. Every... White artists has yeah. stolen from black people. Yeah, Elvis Presley. I actually like Elvis, but why? Because he was doing black shit. But I, Elvis was talented. Okay. but he was talented so off of black stop. shit. So then, why isn't Africa better than America? <laughs> because they ruined. They've sucked all the fucking shit out of Africa. They t- they take all the resources, the diamonds, the oil. They no, steal but like everything. culturally, why no, is no, it no. like colonized? They've been colonized by the French, the Portuguese, the Dutch, the German. They come in and take over and ruin the whole shit and leave. Really? No, that's why Africa's fucked up. Yeah. European um, colonization. Really? Yeah. <laughs> European colonization. But then the African leadership is horrific. Um, that's the truth. But, but, but 
yeah, but it's still they still own all like resources. They still hold on. Folks. So re- repeat. Hold on. No one can hear you. I wanna. I just want to make sure. Yeah. So so you're saying is that uh, all these colonizations have pulled out, but they still own the resources. Yes. What? Yeah. Hold on one second. Give her a mic. Here, I want to hear it. what you're saying. Yeah, as I say it. Here, hold on. I've uh, Bert Kreischer. Hang on. Be quiet for a second, so I can find this. Okay, you were saying here. Yeah, I was just saying that the resources from Africa are the majority of the world's wealth. Really? Yeah. Those are the resources. That is the continent with all the rich resources. Where are all the animals? You know all the animals? And this gets simple. Animals in zoos, all of them come from Africa, most of them. Well, yeah, but that, I mean, yeah, I'm just saying do, animal that's, jails. That's like for a sense of novelty. I mean, there are a bunch no, of but animals I'm just saying, but planet, Africa but gives us everything. As far as like the, the resources that people actually make money on. That, like just to make sure I get oh, it. That create the world's wealth. That's what comes from Africa. And all those European powers and basically white people still own all those resources, even if they pulled out governmentally. So these countries are struggling because they're poor, not because they aren't sitting on top of their resources, but because they don't own them. They don't have access to them. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Bert. So I've been to South Africa. I've been to Tanzania. Well, South Africa. Oh, come on, South Africa. Africa. Bunch come of on. Places. You know what happened over there. South Africa is a little bit of a shit show. It's still and it's, it's still a lot entitlement of it of a shit there. Show. Yeah. yeah, and there, it's entitlement. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the Afrikaans, the, I call them the Dutch people, because I think it's weird that Africa. We're the only people where another race calls themselves African. Now, if I call myself Chinese, would you believe me? No. You know, I lived in China since the 1600s. I'm Chinese. Would you go? No, you're black. You just happen to be in China. I would, but I'm American. But how do white people <laughs> call themselves African and they and we, it sticks? No, the at whites South Africans go. I'm South African. I go. You don't look it. Yeah. You're. How are you? You're African? Dutch. You're Dutch. You're Dutch. Dutch. Yeah. But the fact that we are, you can take their name, take African, and call yourself African is so gangster to me. Yeah. I mean, I if I call myself Chinese, you'd be like, if, what if I call myself Irish? I'm Irish. I'm probably I, not Irish. I've been in Ireland. You're definitely no, black Irish. That. No, no. <laughs> I've been in Ireland for fucking six six. I'm I'm Irish. Fuck that. That's what they basically did. I lived in Africa, so I'm African. But but there are Chinese people that live in this country that you go, where are you from? And they go, I'm American. And you're like, well, no, I meant like... You're Asian. What, where there was a comic I just saw do that. I, I, I don't know who did this. And I'm sure this is a racist joke. But I did see a comic go, no, where... Uh, it was what? a black comic. He goes, no, bitch, where is this shit from? Like, <laughs> where is this shit from? <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, <laughs> I, I forget. I wish I could credit the Asians never get the respect they deserve. Even if they yeah. don't have an accent, do you still go, no, but you're Chinese? I go, no, I'm American. It's weird. Yeah. But if you're white, a white person can say, yo, I am Malaysian. And, and you'll, like, agree. Like, because that's that privilege, man. Yeah. You can take somebody's nationality and, and call right. yourself that. Damn. Let's, 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 let's do this. Okay. You need a podcast. And that's a, that's silly. Okay. Listen, I I'll, do. I'll, I'll, I'm going to text you all. I did this to my so buddies. So you're going to help me out? My two buddies uh, are the Kitchen Cousins. Um, kitchen Cousins. From HGTV, okay. DIY. Okay. And I just said very easily. The Kitchen Cousins are your buddies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, dude. They They're, are. Fuck, massive. Uh, I'll send them to go see you next time. They're what? in New York. They're fucking the greatest guys in the world. They are massive. Greatest guys. I see them everywhere. They're on Ellen all the time. Those and, are your, yeah. I told them, I go, you need to start a podcast. I've done that to everyone at Scripps. 
all all my brothers at Scripps, the the property brothers, the kitchen cousins, Josh Temple, everyone at dude, I've Bobby Flay, everyone. I've talked to all these guys going, You need to start a podcast. Now, I will say this, please hit these motherfuckers up. None of them have started a podcast. Most of which is offensive is Bobby Flay. Probably the coolest fucking guy I've ever been around in my life. It is a misstep, Bobby. I promise you that. I will tell you, Bobby, I know that, <laughs> dear Bobby, I am making more on my podcast than I made of scripts. And you know how much I make. We've talked about this. So just fucking do a goddamn podcast. Now, I will say this. It's yes. very simple. Yes. It's this recorder, these two cords, and this mic. You'll only need one mic and one cord. Because I don't think you need to talk to other people. I would like to hear from you <laughs> once a week. I mean, serious. you got that Bill Burr thing where you... You're just smart. It's like Joe. Like you just you could rant. You it, you don't need another person. You know. Yeah, you're right. And it's easier to do that way. Personally, if I could start it over, I'd just do a single podcast. Problematically, I like this. I like this conversation. Yeah. You know, I like I like I like opening my mind to shit. I'm yeah. not I'm not a smart dude. I'm okay smart, but I'm not like I'm okay super smart. In, I'm, no, you're different. Though. Please, come on. I don't. I'm not good at math. That's the one thing I you do. read. <laughs> I read. I read sometimes, but not like what's hurt. I don't Shit. read instructions to putting a chair together. Me neither, bro. <laughs> I don't put a. I couldn't put a model car together with the those glue. Two, Fuck those, that. Those I'll just look at the box and go, man. I'm gonna try to make it look like that. <laughs> I did those two Adirondacks in the front yard. I was like, I'll figure this out. <laughs> Fuck them both up. One, one hurts your neck, the other hurts your lower back. Dude, IKEA doesn't help that situation. <gasps> Cartoon drawings? Fuck oh, that. Remember that time you got mad at me over the desk? Oh, I got pissed off. That's why I a joke, He's by the way. I have said this the joke I used to have about uh, dating. I go, I don't know why people go on dates, go to movies, go dancing, and then have sex. Go to IKEA, buy a table together, see if you can put it together. That's how you know if you belong together. Um, For real. That was a. Uh, never. But, but, but the, cool. the origination of the joke was buy a dog, take it out of the woods, and kill it together. If you can drive home. Happy. I like your IKEA. Oh, yeah, man. thanks. Um, Sorry. This has been a solid two and a half hour podcast. This was unbelievable. You didn't play the whole thing? So? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Did we skip I... anything? You said what's be about being black in America, African, nothing, right? It was that we got went over that? I think we got it all. We got it all, right? If we don't have it all, man. We'll come, when I'm coming back. back. When are you back I'm next I'll come back next month. Trying to come back like once a month. Come back. If I, I'll if, tell you right now. Depending on the schedule. I know, I know my fans. I know the, the podcast. I know how they work. Yeah. I get them a little bit. I try to I try to figure out their ebbs and flows. They're fans the way I am. So like the guy in the kitchen right now, Shane Moss. Yeah. I've had Shane on three times. First numbers that I had him on were like, okay, really great podcast. Yeah. Second one's twice as big. Third one's three times as big. Damn. If you have people on repeatedly, then the fans kick in and go, oh, I know this fucking guy. Yeah. yeah, and so, so I try to do that. There's like people that my fans automatically know like Tom Skura, Arch Fear, Joey Diaz. Of course, guys, well, they, that, they come off with a big joint. You just named everybody Joe Rogan's have, has blown up. Those are all yeah. Joe Rogan's crew. It's, yeah, well, it's, it's Segura, Shafir. It's a small group of guys that yeah, are. Yeah, but their shit is big as fuck because Joe hooked them up. You know, I've never done Joe's podcast before. He'd be great with Joe. I, I, Joe's Joe's Joe's, uh, Joe's podcast is super fun to do. I always say this. I always say this out loud to everybody the best way to do it is just don't say anything to Joe just when you bump in it would be cool and then one day you guys will get into a conversation like that you guys I made on. a mistake and said something to him like hey I'd love to do your podcast with me I just said it he's, he's just, and he he's just, just looked at me like what like 
Get away from me. No, he's not like that, but he but he definitely is like a... He's a guy that... He just wants to know that he'll be able to talk to you for three hours. He doesn't do anything low, lower than three hours. That's not a problem. And so he just wants to... I, I, by, by the way, I'll never speak for Joe. I don't know Joe's insights on his right. podcast, why he does it or why he doesn't yeah. do it. I don't. I really don't. I love his podcast. Yeah. But I will say that, like, in a weird way, he just wants to know that... Like, he, like, like. So I saw one guy, I won't say his name, that he was, like, hounding, trying to get on Joe's podcast left and right. Everyone, like... And I was like, I told him, I go, don't say anything. Just hang out, man. One yeah. day he'll say, why don't you come on the podcast? And you will. Mm-hmm. And he was on his podcast and he murdered it. And Joe had him on a second time. And it's just, Joe's one of those guys that he's just, you know, he's unique the way all of us are unique. And he just wants to, he just wants to know that you and him are friends and you're not using him oh, to promote something. You know? I would never do that. I, he's not that guy. He's in this business because uh, he loves interesting people. Man, I'm gonna eat one of your oranges off your tree, dude. You got a fucking orange tree. You, uh, dude, where are you staying? I'm staying at the list. We're staying in Hollywood. Is okay. A hotel. At a house? A hotel? Why? I'll give you some chicken eggs. Can I have some? If you want some. Oh, yeah. I want some chicken eggs because we got a stove. We got a stove top. I want some chicken eggs. That's real organic. We're eating real chicken eggs. The I, was, chicken eggs? I, I went over to your chickens. They were like, it was hilarious because they looked at me like, what? They were Dude, like, "Who's this dude?" Those chicken eggs are ridiculous. What? They orange? The the they're so, and sometimes they come out with double yolks. Can we? Can you get me? Some yeah, yeah. I'll see. Egg? I'll t- I'll check with the eggs. I think if you refrigerate them, you have to keep them refrigerated. We got refrigerated. No, but it, are you going back to your hotel right now? Well, if we have to, we got to put them back. Yeah. All right, we'll get you some eggs. All I right, want some chicken eggs. Hey, what, what dates you have, you have to promote? Anything? Oh. When are you when are you releasing this? Tonight, right? Denver Improv next week. Oh shit! Yeah, baby. <laughs> the twentieth through the twentieth through the twenty fourth. Denver Improv. Hold up. Let me uh, let me uh, look at my other stuff, man. Because you know this. Because man, I'm proud of you, though, Bert. I'm glad that your podcast is doing really well. No, man. Chad Zumak, who is one of my good friends, he's a real friend. He's a good dude. He was like, yo, Bert shit. I go, but I've known Bert a long time, man. Very long. People don't realize, you know, when Gat, um, Zach Galifianakis saw me in the street, right? This is now, Zach is a superstar. And Zach, Big movie star. Zach comes up to me and goes, Godfrey! And I give him a hug. All the comics that like were, were younger, they were like, how the fuck do you know Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. I go, you guys don't understand. That's his club. We man. all were rolling with each other. Everybody was around each other, from Sarah Silverman to Mark Marin to we were all around each other, like legitimately around each other. We were all poor people together. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, some cats get to certain levels. Sometimes you're Zach, and sometimes you're Bert, <laughs> and then sometimes you're me. Which I'm in between. I'm in between, man. You got, I'm like, you oh, got a, you got I just a, need that thing. But see, it's guys like you. Listen, in this business, um, this is how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Back in the day, the Johnny Carson, all those guys, they all like kind of looked out for each other. Yeah. You got to do this business. You can't win by yourself. And there's a lot of people I know that get to a certain position and don't want you to win with them. They, they're like, nah, I don't know this motherfucker. I'm going to remember that shit. Just like I said for Tony Woods. And certain people that Dude, old Tony, Tony Woods, Woods a bunch of shit. Yo, let me sh- let me tell you what. Oh, what dates we have coming up? I got the Denver Improv. All right, the twentieth next week. That's from Thursday to Sunday. That's like the twentieth through the twenty fourth. Yeah, twenty fifth Denver Improv. And then after that, I'm, dude, you know what's so fucked up is I'm trying to look for my um my skip. Okay, here we go. 
Watch this. Denver Improv, right? And we got, uh, oh, guess what? Gotham Comedy Club? That's May. That's May 5th through the 7th. And I was going to do Pittsburgh Improv, but they're going to change my date. It was supposed to be in April, but they're changing my date. But the San Jose Improv, which yes. is an awesome improv, that's uh, May 18th through the 21st. Man. Man. Well, I think Matt Schuler's coming out. You know what I'm saying? So Denver Improv. Coming up. Awesome, right? man. Denver well, Improv next week. When you come right. back to LA, I'd love to have you back on the podcast. No, I'm coming back. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let me have repeat. Because that's Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Whenever you want. Dude, it's an open invite. We have numbers. Well, just just text me and let me know. I will text you. Fuck yeah. I'll be like, yo, Bert, I'm here. What's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? My Instagram is Comedian Godfrey. My Twitter is Godfrey Comedian. Oh. My website, because I fucked up, that's why. That's all, I'm not trying to be cool. I want everything to be uniform. And my website is GodfreyComedian.com. Godfrey. Godfrey, this is Shane Moss. Is, is Shane Moss! Yeah. What's happening? That's Kimberly. That's Hi, Shane Moss. Nice What's up, Shane? Come on in. Where's Matt Schuler at? Is Schuler out here? Shuler, come on in. They're tall guys. I know right. that's right. Shuler! We're wrapping this up right now. Wrapping we're it starting, up. We are starting uh, Shane Moss's documentary. This is the guy Shane, that produced my damn hour no, special. Yeah. Hey! Shane on drugs. Kimberly. Shane on drugs. Matt Schuler. Matt Schuler is here. Bad. Oh, I'm glad you're not wearing a Brady jersey. Oh, Lord. I couldn't do it. I'd get beat up. <laughs> All right, Godfrey, you know I love you, man. I Thank you too, so man. much. Thank you for it. having me, dude. This was fucking awesome. Chad Zumach, thanks for suggesting that, that I come on your show. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Thank, but I earned this shit. I'm your friend for life, buddy. <laughs> you liked me when I was poor. And and I, still poor. Yeah. And I'm I and, and, and I met your dogs and your chickens. I'm getting about to get some fucking. I just ate orange off your tree. And I'm about to get some eggs. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Boom. See if my wife's got any eggs left. She's 46. All right. <laughs> oh, I should not let you go with that bullshit ass joke. But go ahead. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.